Greetings. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in. This is Guy Ageson's Reinventing the Tattoo Network, where tattoo artists, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are all encouraged to join in to the live streams, to watch the replays, to inspire each other, and ultimately create better art and tattoos together. You are currently watching the Tattoo Now show, a special edition with World Tattoo Events Mastermind Alex Van Dutch, and he is going to be interviewing Mark Lascarbo from Needle Jig Tattoo Supply Company in the show, The History of Tattoo Conventions. And Mark has been around to a bunch of tattoo conventions. So I'm not sure exactly where you're beaming in from. It could be YouTube or Facebook Live. It could be on the replays in the YouTube or the Roku or wherever. Um, but this is it. You could always find the Reinventing the Tattoo app in either of the app stores. That's the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. You could always find us on YouTube or Facebook, and we will often be streaming out live from those platforms. You could be catching the replays on the Roku channel. Um, if you go to reinventingthetattoo.com slash Roku, um, or just do a search on Roku for Reinventing the Tattoo, you'll find it. We have, I believe, 15 channels going at any given time on Roku, including the Drunk Critique, against my uh, better judgment. Um, you could also be listening to the podcast in all of the usual places. That is Apple, Spotify. Again, just do a search for Reinventing the Tattoo Podcast, and it'll be in any of your favorite spots. Now, all of that said, you could always find the latest event schedule. You can catch notifications on the calendar so you don't miss a show or you could beam into your favorite shows. Um, you could catch uh, Reinventing 24-7. So if it's 2 o'clock in the morning and you're not sure what you want to keep you up for the next couple hours, or if you just want to recommend Reinventing programming to a friend and don't know where to start, you could send them straight to the homepage of Reinventing the Tattoo, the official website, reinventingthetattoo.com. We'll always link out to the latest and greatest of everything Reinventing the Tattoo. If you are a tattooer or an apprentice hopeful and you're on Reinventing the Tattoo in the upper right, upper left, I don't know, in the upper corner, there's a link that says, what are your goals? You know, fill out that form, let us know. And Guy has uh, curated an awesome series of emails to help deliver you some you know, some resources to, to achieve your goals. Some of them are free. Some of them are behind the paid firewall. But every, every uh, goal has an awesome um, set of exercises for you to go after. Okay. Um, let's see here. A few ways to support the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Uh, we have real-world events. Uh, April 11th to the 14th is the first inspiring tour. Uh, the website is inspiring.tours, uh, inspiring.tours. The first one is going to be in New Hampshire at the Sam O'Reilly House. Sean Barber will be doing a still life painting workshop the first day. Nick Baxter will be doing a plein air the second day. And then the third day, they'll be doing a collaborative tattoo. Um, and then the last day will be uh, informal critiques, field tripping, and basically going over what everybody learned. Uh, those, these inspiring tours are limited to five people, so they sell out within days. So sign up to the mailing list if you are an artist and you're interested in yeah, spending you know, three and a half days with two awesome mentor-type people in great locations. May 20th to the 22nd, Hell City, Columbus, Ohio. We'll have a big reinventing room, full seminar room, hellcity.com. Derb's awesome, has every detail 
meticulous for his convention. Hell City, May 20th to the 22nd. June 10th to the 12th is Ink Mania down in the uh, Tampa area. It's right near the Dolly Museum. There'll be a full seminar day for reinventing there also in booths and whatnot. Uh, Phil Holt, Stefano Alcantara, they'll be there in person teaching some seminars or workshops, going over actually a lot of critiquing, both um, portfolio critiquing and career critiquing. And then Guy will be beaming in to do uh, an exercise leading up to an onstage art jam, which will be pretty fun. Anyways, June 10th to the 12th. Uh, June 12th, that Sunday, is going to be the reinventing day. Inkmaniaexpo.com. July 29th to the 31st, Rubber City Tattoo Invitational in Akron, Ohio, hosted by Tony Urbanic. Pretty awesome. So those are all the live events. I think there's uh, more Richmond's in October, and there's another Hell City in August, but that's what we're going to plug right now. Um, okay, upcoming professional development and on-demand. Uh, events can be found at Reinventing the Tattoo. There's a full schedule there and a full set of courses. We have, let's see, Andre Malcolm's got a whole half, you know, has a sleeve, uh, a koi sleeve seminar. Bob Tyrell has two seminars. He recently did one that's the black and gray skull uh, from start to last calls. Pretty awesome. He did it at the Red Tree Gallery. Anyways, there's a whole mess of courses there. We can't teach you how to tattoo online, but these courses can help you tattoo better. Uh, raw Pigments, rawpigments.co. Uh, Acrylic-free inks for your uh, awesome tattoos. And because they're acrylic-free, they won't dry out in the ink cups or anything. Check them out. Rawpigments.co. Lauren has a lot of great interviews with artists that are using that. We have DLize Pro, known as Dermalize Worldwide. Helps protect your art and heals tattoos. Uh, Saran Wrap is designed specifically not to let air through, oxygen through, whereas Dermalize... Uh, Dermalize is known worldwide, D-Lize Pro in the United States, thanks to copyright laws. Um, it allows the, the tattoo to breathe. It's designed to heal uh, wounds, so check it out. There's lots of videos. Do a search for Dermalize. And protect your art. Tattoo Now, that's me. I do computer stuff for tattooers, tattoo studios, and tattoo supply companies, anybody that's helping support tattoos, making them a better place. I love to help work with technologies, different technology tools to help you kill your goals. And I have some real, real cool things that I'm putting together, personalized automated systems and whatnot, and including interactive videos. So check it out, tattoonow.com. And then last, but actually first in this case is Guy Aitchison, guyaitchison.com. Guy is the founder of the Reinventing the Tattoo Curriculum and Network, all of this. He's the reason why we are here inspiring each other and uh, doing better tattoos. He also has a, an amazing professional development package for reinventing the tattoo that meets every Monday at nine o'clock. If you are a tattooer or an apprentice, then yeah, it's, it's like $50 a month for Evolve, $30 to do the drawing classes. Uh, yeah, you should definitely be signing up and you will become a better artist. Watching the current class go through the first trimester where instead of everyone reading the book on their own and whatnot, or, or the online experience, you know, there's over 70 people now taking it together. And it's awesome. You know, they're doing the exercises together and they're doing the Monday classes together. It's pretty sick. Anyways, GuyHSN.com, ReinventingTheTattoo.com. Now, let's check out uh, the history of tattoo conventions. Alex Van Dutch interviewing uh, Mark Lascarbo. So, yeah, there's uh, decades of knowledge and information. Thank you for uh, listening to this intro and supporting. Cheers. Hello, everyone. This is Alex from Works 2 Events. And um, as you all know, I'm doing a um, regular podcast together with Gabe about the history of tattoo conventions. In the past, we've been uh, interviewing 
a lot of organizers and some very prominent personalities which attend a lot of conventions. So today I'm very pleased to have a chat with Mark Leskerberg, correct me if, I, if the name is wrong, is <laughs> okay, uh, which has been around for a very long time. He's the head of the Nidojig uh, Tattoo Supply. He's a tattoo artist. And uh, today he's gonna tell us more about his experience at tattoo conventions, which I believe he started attending over 30 years ago. Am I correct? Mark? Just about, yeah, just over 30 years ago. And, and do you still remember which one it was your first tattoo convention? Yes, I'll never forget that one. Uh, my first tattoo convention I went to was uh, uh, an event called Am Jam. Uh, it's uh, American Jamboree. Uh, Am Jam. Yeah. yeah, and it was uh, it was a it was a, a biker driven show in Albany, New York. Actually, Schenectady, New York, in the Armory, and um, it. My memories of that was very dimly lit, um, smoke-filled room, uh, people tattooing with cigarette hanging out of their mouth. Right. I want to say I remember everybody had gloves at that point uh, that I could think of for sure, but it was it was dark. It was I don't want to use the term dirty, but yeah, it wasn't anything near what uh we experienced today so that was that was an interesting uh interesting event for sure i got tattooed there with a a homemade tattoo machine uh by a guy who just went by the term tattoo dave and he did work on my arm sort of uh started this uh are you still this, no, yeah this upper person. half sleeve it's it i had another guy start to rework it years later but uh the majority of the work he did fell out in a and a few weeks during healing and oh. and that was that um to be honest that was my start in the industry because i was so frustrated i was so angry because uh, i'd gone there spent good money and i just well, blurted out this i blurted out the statement i'm like this is bullshit i could do better myself and um at that point my girlfriend who later became my wife uh, she was very supportive and she said, yeah, you absolutely could. And, and that. So you were not a embarked me down that road. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I mean, I was kind of curious before, but I never thought about it really deeply, but that was the point when I was like, wow, I'm better than these guys and uh, complete, complete arrogance. <laughs> No, I mean, well, I think a lot of people start in probably very similar ways, but, but how did you get into a tattoo convention first? I mean, you know, you were not a tattoo artist at the time, right? So, um, no, but I've been did... an artist all my life. So there oh, was, okay. uh, I, and, and I had been tattooed at that point. I got to my first tattoo when I was uh, just over 18 years old, drove across the state line to Albany, New York, and got tattooed by Tommy Spaulding. And, um, so I had an interest and my wife and I, or my girlfriend and I were just barely started dating at that point. So we were just going to that event sort of as a date, you know, just in, and we both ended up getting tattooed there. And so it was more of a social event for us, you know, Hey, what are we going to do? Let's go look at the tattoo convention. And, and then uh, here I am 30 years later. So, <laughs> it was just like that. End of interview. Have a great day. <laughs> so and that, now that's interesting for me so but because that convention then sparked your interest in really becoming a tattoo artist 
Yeah, I, I, well, I, because I made that statement and anybody that knows me knows once I, once I say something out loud, it's, that it's committed. Know. It's, there's, there's no turning back. So I, I've dedicated the, the last 30 years backing up that one statement, I think. So <laughs> not that wow. I haven't enjoyed it. I love it thoroughly, yeah. but I mean, that's, that's, that's how I am. I'll just uh, spur the moment, have a random idea that I will pursue to the end. It's just, it, sometimes. That was a life changing moment then. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some things I do, I put ridiculous amounts of forethought into it. And then there's other things where it's one of those uh, epiphany moments where all of a sudden my life is altered from that point forward. I, I had a thought, I made a statement, uh, I made a commitment and that's it. There's, there's no turning back. So there's no way back. Yeah. And so at that, at that point, mental instability. Have... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I don't know. I think it's like, it's, I think there is, there is very often a moment in life where you experience something and then you say, okay, this is it, you know, and yeah, I find it interesting when, when some people uh, go to, to the convention, so at 20, 20 event or 20 situation where they get into something, into an experience which, you know, which, which defines the rest of their lives. I mean, to me, that's pretty fascinating, you know. I have a, I have a very similar experience once I went into my first tattoo convention in 1993 in Italy, that was the first tattoo convention in Rome ever. And I think the second or third era in Italy. And I was a kid, 18 years old. And I went there and I was like, well, you know, uh, that was extremely fascinating for me. And it did take me a very long time to get in into the tattoo world on a professional level. But I knew that, you know, this was something for me, like a lifelong uh, uh, passion, which I could, you know, get into it. And the, yeah. by the way, so you mentioned this MGM, but it, it has been going until a few years ago, right? I mean, if I don't remember, Badly. It's still going board. on. It's it's still uh, going up. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. it's 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 um it's more modern now. You know, I mean, it's it's yeah. like a normal tattoo convention. It's never been large scale, but it has a, a very devout following, and uh, they still do it every year. I, I've gone back and uh, later worked that tattoo convention uh, a couple times in my in my later years when I moved back to the East Coast. So that was that was like a full circle. That was like that was. You know, to, to get the idea there, uh, complete a journey and end up being part of that experience was a, was a pretty big deal for me That's uh, awesome. mentally. Yeah. So this has gone on for like over 30 years, this, this convention. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I remember the last post I've seen. It was a couple of years ago. I'm not sure if they're doing anything, if they plan anything um, for this year or next year. I'm not sure because it's a, at this point being a uh, supplier, um, I mostly try to do larger shows uh, right. and this is a smaller show. I could go there. I could have a blast. I can make a little money, but um, it, for the amount of work we have to put into doing a show, I have to really pick and choose. And, and the truth is right. up until, up until the pandemic, uh, we were doing so many shows ourselves. I think our top was 24 or 25 shows in a year. And for the That's amount of, you know, for the amount of materials and products that we haul great distances, because uh, we don't have a dedicated staff. Every time I do that, it's, it's me grabbing one of the guys from the warehouse and, and just embarking on this journey. So when I do that, I'm leaving the warehouse a little short staffed and 
we'll put 40 plus hours into doing a convention on top right. of our normal 40 hour work weeks. So it's, right. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculousness to be right. honest with you. Um, so I had to pick and choose what shows I want to do and what shows I, I feel I need to be at and things like that. So, um, yeah. but I can, uh, I can look up the promoters and I can get them in touch with you if you want to do a little more work with them on their history. I'm sure they'd be interested. They're good people. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, I'm always open for, for good collaboration. I mean, we do collaborate with a lot of conventions, even in the US. You know, it's although like I'm more familiar with the European environment and uh, conventional industry and, uh, and the Asian one, because I live in Asia, but I come from Europe. And so, you know, like it, US has always been like the biggest uh, market for conventions. It's a country in the world where you have the most of the conventions. But a lot of it is still pretty unknown to me because I wasn't around. right how old are you alex well i'm old guy i mean i'm 49 now so 49 i remember 49 yes (laughs) how about you i think i'm just 53 i'm not that far ahead of you so all right there you go yeah i mean i wasn't around like physically i mean because i lived in europe you know so and uh you know like i'm i've been looking at what happened in the conventions in us like in 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 the 70s with ed rd and then in the 80s you know and 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 I'm trying to dig more um, about the history of this part because they, I've been talking to Gabe, you know, like there is this, this, there is a lot of information about what happened at the two convention in the last 10, 20 years, but there is very little known about the pre-internet era, you know, and, and this is what I'm quite interested about because at the end of the day, like those events have paved the, the road for a lot of the people that came after, you know, like, and, and, and made it the two industry what it is today. And um, so, but yeah, and so my point is like, there is a lot of information which is still probably not available on who were the players at the time. Um, you know, what did they really do uh, to bring the industry where it is today? And for example, like you, you, you told me like you've been uh, doing events in the last few years as a tattoo supply. Initially you started as an artist right. and you know, in your case as an artist, uh, which have been, which one have been the, the conventions uh, which had the most influence in your life as a tattoo artist and later on as a tattoo supply? Okay, well, um, I would say the most influential show I went to as an artist and, and I didn't go to work. I actually, this was early in my career. So I was, uh, I was just there to participate. Um, I flew down to Houston, Texas in 1996 and went to Lyle Tuttle and Dave Yurku's show down there. And that was 20 year anniversary show of what I perceived to be the first tattoo convention in the United States, which was in 1976 in in Houston. So that was a big event. I I was reading about it in magazines uh, because online was just in its infancy still at that point in time. And so we flew down there to experience it and basically got to the hotel, threw our bags in the room and wanted a drink and we were hungry. So we went to the hotel bar, uh, bellied up to the bar and within minutes, Lyle Tuttle walked up next to me ordered himself a drink. I introduced myself and that was my first meeting with Lyle. I I introduced myself to Lyle. We had an awesome conversation. Obviously he was more taken with my wife than myself, but we had, we were having a a great conversation 
And then a really pretty young lady walked up on the other side of Lyle, ordered a drink, and that was the end of our conversation. His head was 180 degrees away from us. And typical Lyle, but I mean, within minutes of landing in that hotel, I met Lyle Tuttle, and that show really, really was like off the charts for me for, that started dozens of friendships that continue to this day. I, I got tattooed by little Vinnie Myers at that show out of Baltimore. Um, on the other side of the, the pipe and drape was Tony Olivas tattooing, uh, who was his wife at that time. Um, I mean, I, I can't even, the, the amount of friendships that came out of that one show I went to was ridiculous. Uh, waiting in line for breakfast uh, one morning at the uh, Shoney's across the, the parking lot and waiting in line next to uh, the Enigma and Katzen, who was his lady at that time. And we we're just, it was a long line. So we were just moving along slowly, started talking. By the time we got to the uh, hostess section, uh, we agreed to just be seated together and had breakfast with those guys. And, and just that was the most influential show that I could remember. I met so many people back then. I, I, I can't even list them all. And a lot of old timers, people that I was just, um, I don't want to say in awe of because I never get starstruck. I just, I'll walk up and talk to anybody. They're just human beings like myself. I may respect what they do. I may love their, their artwork or, or their business model or anything else, but I, I'm never, you know, tripped up and, 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 and nervous talking to them for some reason. And uh, that is definitely the most influential show as an artist to meet all those people, make all those connections, uh, lifelong connections, friendships, invitations to go anywhere. It, it, it's, this is, I mean, I haven't been in a lot of industries, but this is by far the best industry I could possibly mm -hmm. imagine as far as that goes, meeting people and, and the ability to connect and, and, and go worldwide if you want to. I mean, I, I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to. That's a good question. Business. That's a good question. Maybe for some. Yeah. Sorry, I dragged that on forever, but. I do that. I do that with my answers. I like to. Oh no, no I'm, story. I'm really fascinated by 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 what you're saying, and I can relate to that a lot. I mean, you know, like I also had like some some single events, which that been, you know, like um, I wouldn't say like life changing, but but they had a huge impact in in what I'm doing now. You know, uh, again, well, what like, was your most influential show you attended? Oh man. Um, <laughs> A lot. I mean, you know, like, uh, again, like it's um, some, okay, so the event where, you know, like you described now Houston, where you see all the, you know, a lot of the tattoo legends of the time. For me, that was the case of London, the first time I we went to London. And okay. that was, in, I believe, in 2008. And, and you know, I, I got to meet a lot of people which have only been seeing like magazines for years, for example. So, you know, but, you know, I'm a little bit like you. I just, although I was a little bit shy at the beginning, but I'm just somebody who goes to talk to everyone, you know. And um, yeah, so on that occasion, you know, I met, I met, I met Shige, uh, which, you know, for me was you know, like, um, I mean, he was already quite famous. Uh, Jeff Kuge. Um, later on, I met, uh, oh man. Uh, yeah, I'm very bad with names, but I mean, I'm, I met I met I met some other guys, which um, which then later on I um, yeah I had occasion to see at the times, and then you know like for example then she got met him. Obviously, he didn't remember the first time he met me, but I I remember him. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was just one of one of one was just one one more guy approaching him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, then later on, I see him some other conventions in Asia, and then he figured, oh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> So that was yeah. that was interesting, and oh yeah, one one convention I probably mentioned this before, which for me was was also quite quite interesting, was in uh, Tokyo, um, the uh, King of Tattoo in Tokyo, and then I met Shige, uh, sorry, Shige, uh, Horiyoshi, okay. you know, and, and a few other artists, uh, which again with Japanese names I'm bad, but with, you know, like very very famous in uh, in Asia, um, and. You know, which had a pretty big impact in uh, in the rest of the world as well, including the US. Um, yeah, I met a London Jack Rudy as well. You know, and I had with him a very, very, very awesome conversation, and and I was very pleased to see how approachable he was. You know, like you know, again, he didn't know me. And <laughs> I've never heard those two words put together. Uh, I've never heard oh, the word yeah, approachable I mean, with Jack Rudy. <laughs> I met him a few times, and every time it was like very nice. You know, I don't know if it is. You know, and, and that's some really good conversation. I, I'm, when I met him in London, uh, one of the things he told me, that, that got stuck in my mind. By the time I met him, he already been to over 400 conventions. Um, I got introduced to him, by the way. It's not that I just walked by him, but I, I right. got introduced to him by the guy which uh, shoot the Tattoo Nation. And um, so he was, you know, he has been interviewed in the, in the movie. So he introduced me to Jack and Jack was like yeah, extremely nice to... Uh, yeah. Oh, no, Jack is awesome. I just, it just, he, he's not approachable by, by, by looking at him. He never has been. Uh, but, but if, if, if you're introduced to him, he's, he's a very pleasant, talented man for sure. But uh, it's just not approach. Well, I didn't know that. You know? <laughs> like, it's, I only see him like on, you know, like on, on, on magazines or on videos and whatever. And that's why I met him. Like, hey, it's Jack Rudy here, you know? It's but yeah, for me that was a big thing. I mean, it's it's one of these people which pretty much. I remember about. meeting Jack for the first time, and I and I was introduced by a close friend of his and respected artist. So that meeting went well. But um, I, like I said, I don't get starstruck. But the the two guys in the business that I felt slightly intimidated by were mm -hmm. Jack Rudy and Tramp, and 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 just because they're they're both big burly guys oh, that is a big guy too i mean <laughs> right so but but and they usually have that 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 stern look on their face you know they don't uh a little later in life they both smile a bit more now but back in the day they they had that 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 tough guy just appearance so yeah you don't know if i'm going to reach out reach my hand out to shake it or he's just going to punch me and walk away so, but, <laughs> Well, that's probably the situation. Maybe you met him in, a, in a, like a few years back. So when he was a lot younger and now he's a little bit older, I would say, like, you know, yeah, a nice guy. But I mean, the last time I saw him was in China, like uh, uh, two or three years, three years ago, like before the pandemic, you know. And again, great chat. I mean, made some pictures together and that kind of stuff. But, yeah. so, but well, they're uh, both awesome people. I just, they're... they're Neither one looked approachable to me anyways, my perception of it at that point in time. And I think that was just part of the character too. Because, uh, you know, Brian Everett and Jack Rudy were two of my biggest uh, black and gray idols back in the day when I started tattooing. So I eventually, you know, got to meet them both and, and whatnot. And um, Brian's a little more approachable than that. Perspective. That's an interesting perspective. I mean, I, it's, it's funny like how you can have radically different experiences the same people but then again mine were extremely marginal compared probably to yours you know you probably had 
a lot more time to spend with him. I only saw him a few occasions, you know, so I can't compare it to it. Uh, but still, to me, that's 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 always in, you know uh, nice. Um, but by the way, like, are you still tattooing to this day? You're not, or I haven't tattooed in about two years now, and that's probably mostly pandemic related. But even prior to the pandemic, I was really I'm only tattooing friends and family at all anymore. Uh, people I know closely or people that just specifically want to collect something from me, a uh, little bro tat or something. And, and that's about it. You know, I have some sponsored artists that have kind of demanded that I put my logo on them. That's a little odd and creepy, but, um, you do it? <laughs> but, but it's minimal. Uh, yeah, I, I would say, uh, prior to the pandemic, I was on average tattooing no more than two or three people a year. Uh, and that's mostly due to time. Um, I just, the, it's a scheduling thing. You know, I, I, I work pretty hard. Uh, my days are very full and having somebody waiting for me to just all of a sudden have a couple hour window where I can maybe text somebody and say, Hey, if you can get here in 15 minutes, I can, you know, it, it just doesn't work out well. Typically, if I do a little tattoo, I'll do it at a show. Uh, somebody will, uh, you know, I'll use somebody else's station set up. I get a little time in the day, sit down, do something, and then just just move on. So uh, I still love it. And I, I hope to get back to tattooing a little bit more uh, as time goes on. But uh, I don't ever want to be, uh, you know, 10-hour days in the shop again. Um, my hands just won't take that. and My back won't take it. Yeah. But um but I still love it. I still feel like uh, I still feel like a small child living a dream every single time I pick up a machine. There's something magical about it. At least to me, it's not it's not a job. It's it's the whole experience and uh, everything that encompasses it. That's uh, it. Just makes me giddy inside. It's it's. I don't it makes know. Makes you happy. I'm a nerd. What can I say? <laughs> I'm nervous to do it. And, and how, long, how long ago did you actually start with uh, Needle Jack? Or, or when did you really, you know, turn from tattooing into tattoo supply? Just, just and that, to yeah. be honest, there's no definitive date because huh. in reality, Needle Jig started when I, early in my tattoo career, when I was buying products from other people and uh, they were coming in and they worked, but they were, they had shortcomings in different areas, you know, machines wouldn't be tuned well, or, or I could see room for improvement. So I would just make little modifications to the stuff I would buy. And then I found myself, instead of buying something and modifying it, uh, grabbing some raw materials and putting it together myself just from the beginning. Uh, so I was doing that through most of my career with different, uh, different tools. And, um, then I owned a machine shop. I had a small machine shop where I manufactured body jewelry. I had a body jewelry company uh, called okay. Captive Steel from started that around 94 and closed the doors on that about 2004 because uh, imports were just, just, just killing me and my profit margins. Um, but I was using the machinery in that business prior to that for making the jigs. The jigs were a philosophy that came about in the very late 90s. Uh, I want to say the first ones were sold to the public in 2000 or 2001 uh, at Inkslinger's Ball in Hollywood, California. So that was, that was probably the official sort of launch. 
Mm-hmm. But I mean, I was making the jigs and making needles with the jigs in probably 97, 98. 97, right. Yeah. And then eventually it dawned on me that, hey, other people might like this too. And then, you know, I made a few for friends. Uh, everybody that worked for me in my shop, I had the jigs I made for needle making. Oh. And then after a few other people heard about them and had a couple of requests here and there and just sort of making them and either giving them away or selling them super cheap, I uh, realized there might be a product there. And then uh, I, I want to say, I think I made 50 of them, took them to Inkslinger's Ball, didn't sell one till Sunday morning and finally got off my ass, walked around the show, uh, went booth to booth, talking to every artist, explaining the principle behind it and sold those sold every single one by the time i got back it was made i think i was selling for twenty dollars a piece at that point and i made a thousand dollars walking around the room at a convention and that's when i realized this could be something and then i it just snowballed from there so this was uh, the first convention you went as a brand basically as a, as a tattoo supply uh well i went there as a working artist and that's why i didn't sell any okay. throughout right. the weekend because i was in my booth you know nose down and tattooing and then Sunday either I don't know uh didn't feel like working or maybe it was slow maybe I was hungover who knows um but I was frustrated I was gonna I wanted to get my story out all right because people weren't coming to me and I was like everybody should want one of these why are nobody knew what I had nobody knew where I was nobody knew who I was I was just another tattooer sitting in a booth at Inkslinger's Ball doing tattoos and uh so when I put the effort in, it it got an amazing yeah. response, and and that was the start of it all, really. So, yeah. And then when you you went back home and you thought, okay, now this we can do something serious with this. And... Right. Lay out a game plan. How do I do this? This uh, I'm going to need a website. I'm going to need you know I'm going to need uh, some method to reach people. I had good working relationships with uh, a number of magazines here in the United States at that point. Um, uh, because for years I had been advertising my body jewelry company with them. Um, and I had some tattoo pictures and whatnot in magazines, or, excuse me, over the years. So it was, I knew the marketing was there. I just needed to formulate a game plan and, and figure out how to get the, not, not the product out, but the story out. What, what makes this product unique is, is the important part. And, uh, yeah, I. Uh, it's it's been a strange ride since then. I mean, and over the years, what what has been your best way to market your products and your brand? I mean, and and again, like what what kind of weight did tattoo conventions have in this whole big picture? Um. Well, the world is different now than when I started. Okay, when I started, the best way was honestly just putting forward good products. Uh, marketing wasn't um, wasn't a term. It wasn't it, it wasn't a term in my world, and it's something I can't stand. To be honest with you, I hate I hate the idea of selling my products. I want people to buy my products. Um, right. Unfortunately, people don't do that unless they're aware of the products and 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 how they help them. So you have to market to some degree. But I was lucky enough in the beginning to have some really big artists 
that uh, just just jumped on my train right out of the gate. You know, Bob Terrell, Nico Hurtado, uh, BJ Betts. Um, there's just so many artists out there that would preach my product to others. And these are people that had huge audiences. Uh, so word of mouth was by far the best thing for my business in the early on years. And, you know, and now word of mouth helps a little, but to be honest with you, uh, I see great products get decimated every single day by companies that have just massive marketing dollars. And, and so I see mediocre to subpar products being shoved down people's throats nowadays. And I, I just, I sit back and I giggle. I can't jump up on a, on a soapbox and, 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 and tell the truth because it doesn't put me in a good light. But um, yeah, nowadays marketing yeah, dollars, you have uh... to spend, you have to spend insane amounts of money in marketing. Uh, I, I worked I'm close friends with many other supply company owners and there's a few, I actually have insight onto what the marketing dollars are and stuff. And uh, I can honestly tell you, I know of at least one company out there that spends more in marketing with Google alone than we generate in gross revenue in a month. So every month they're spending my entire gross revenue just with Google. And that floors me. And, and that's a game. Uh, I've got a, I've got a marketing director here, Fernando, who's fantastic. Um, now he, he works his tail off to market, but I, I put limitations on what he can do, what he can say, what he can, cause, cause I don't want that sales pitch and late night infomercial. Look, I, 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 I just want to put good products out, tell people what they do. And then it's up to the, customer to buy them that that's my mindset but i had to learn some marketing it's just because it, you can't survive today without you it. avoid it yeah it's unavoidable but, but it's I mean, the part of the business i hate you know i i i used to do car sales years ago and i got out of that business because i don't like that aspect i don't i like to i like to be able to sleep at night with good conscience clean conscience so sure, sure. well i mean you like to have the demand but you don't want to uh creating in a way i mean you don't want to say well it, it's it's an interesting perspective as well this one i mean you want to sell but you don't want to sell it. i mean you know what yeah. i mean it's well and just like we don't sell to non-professionals we you know i mean uh, um the best way i could describe myself is i'm a capitalist with a conscience so and and i've been saying that for years um i make a good living uh I have a beautiful home. I have some other real estate. I've got some cool cars, uh, uh, boats, uh, recently got into back into aviation. Um, I live a good living. I'm not rich. I'm not wealthy, but I make a good living. And uh, how much money do I really, really need? You know, I mean, some people are driven by that, that, that bottom line, which I, I have to make my bottom line work for my business. But I think there's more important things than just money. Now, Gavin, if, if, if I can make more customers happy and make more money, I will, but I'm not going to chase the dollar, I guess is the, the best way to put it, where I got other friends in the business that will just, you know, they'll, they'll put their name and their logo on any product out there just to 
get more traffic, more whatever. And I'm like, and that's cool. That's their business plan. I uh, we're on different paths and I still love them and respect them, but uh, it's just not. Yeah, I, mean, I guess we're motivated life. by different things, but I mean, if, if, yeah. if in tattooing, like your biggest motivation is money, um, yeah. it may work for some people. I'm not saying it will work for everyone, but I mean, it's, I don't think it could be. It works defined. great for some people, right? you know, but I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just me. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be in business. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but you do. <laughs> and, you know, like I also been seeing uh, with quite some interest, some of the videos you made about the two conventions. And um, one of them was about how to, um, with, with, with some tips for tattoo artists to get the best out of tattoo conventions. For the people which have maybe not seen the video, uh, would, you, would you mind like, um, like going through again, like what is it that could work the best for an artist to 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 get the best out of the two conventions and show up with the right frame of mind. Uh, right. Just 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 don't show up expecting that you're going to walk out the door on Sunday with three to five thousand dollars in your pocket. Um, uh, if that's your attitude going in, you don't deserve it. Uh, typically, uh, show up looking to have a good time, looking to network with other artists and putting your best foot forward to make the people that come in front of your booth welcome. And, and, and that's it, that's, it's gonna be mindset. Uh, the drawings you do are secondary. The tattoos you do are secondary. Um, people wanna get really nice artwork with their tattoos, but I think the bonding experience with the artist is equal, if not more empowering to them. That's how I view tattooing. Uh, people, I walk around shows and I see people with empty booths that are miserable and their booths are going to stay empty. And I see other people whose booths are empty and they got a smile on their face. They got some music in the back corner uh, and they're, and they, and they're, and they're, they're, they're drawing and they're joking with the guys walking by and their friends. And, and those people have a better opportunity of making money and making friendships, networking and all of that. So um it's, it's hard sometimes when you spend a lot of money, you travel a great distance and you're sitting there and you know you're losing money, but you can't let it bother you. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean- uh, no, I understand, I totally understand. Yeah, I the, mean, way, the way I've always looked at that because I've always been a businessman. I, I, you know, even when I, I had a tattoo shop, so I understood profits, losses, uh, my accountant explains, you know, what works, what doesn't work to me. Uh, the best way I could deal with sitting in a show, losing money was just in the back of my mind, knowing it's tax deductible. I'm not losing the money. <laughs> I don't have to pay taxes on this at the end of the year. And it sounds silly, but if you just realize that it's never a loss, it's a learning experience. It's a, it's, you know, that's not a great point. Yeah. That's, 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 that's the key, but going and having fun meeting people and, 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 and making money is cool and doing cool art is cool. But, you know, I mean, that don't let money be your driving factor. Just just go and enjoy the experience. That's 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 what it's really about. Your, your interaction with others. All right. No, I mean, it's that's probably the I would place it probably between. Yeah, uh, probably the very first reason why. Um, a lot of tattoo artists should really uh, 
Taiko Mitchell somehow even more seriously, you know, mm -hmm. is to, you know, get out of your, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, they need, artists need to be prepared. You need to show up with the right materials. You need to show up, you know, mentally prepared, physically prepared, um, everything, you know, I mean, you need to take it seriously. But, you know, I mean, show up ready to work, but your attitude means more. You know, your attitude, attitude is everything. Yeah, and we all walk by we all walk by people that um, appear, let's say, not approachable. You know, um, that's that's a big factor. You know, if you're a big, scary, angry looking man with a sneer on your face sitting in the corner, it's going to be harder for anybody to walk up, you know, and, and, and timidly ask you. You know, hey, will you do a butterfly on my forearm? Because yeah, it's just not going to happen. So no, no. I, you know, I mean, and and there are those artists out there that appeal to a certain niche client, and and that's awesome. Um, that's bear with me. I got to turn my phone off. Um, you know, there's there's people that have specialties, and they're going to do they can look angry because they specialize in angry tattoos and dark tattoos and all that. And, and if that's your niche and you've built that and, and people come to you for it, that's awesome. I'm not, not pointing at those guys. I'm pointing at the guys that are sitting in the booth pissed off because they're not going to have enough money to pay rent when they get home the following week because they went into it ill-prepared and with the wrong attitude. Yeah. You know, Preparation. No, I think that that plays a big role as well. I mean, yeah, that's that's not a great point. Conventions um, are like gambling. You don't buy lottery tickets thinking you're going to get rich. You know, you don't go to a convention thinking you you're going to make money. Yeah, I've been to a couple of tattoo conventions uh, that honestly, I would be shocked if 20 people paid to come through the door all weekend. Um, wow. And that sucks after you spent thousands of dollars to be there uh but at the same time you can't sit there and be miserable about it you're in a different no, town not, yeah. go out enjoy the culture enjoy the atmosphere enjoy the people around you make the best of it uh sit down with the other tattooers and just tattoo each other for free drink beers have a good time and start Take thinking the about the next one yeah get the best out of it because you know you see people all miserable packing up, closing down, shutting down early, leaving their booths empty, all of that, that makes me so angry. Uh, when you make a commitment to anybody, anything, at any time in your life, follow through, see it through, regardless. You know, if you made a commitment to be at that show, show up early, be prepared, work the show. If nobody comes through or talks to you all weekend long, tough shit. Just sit there, have a good time, make the best of it, and stay there till the end of Sunday, Pack your stuff up. Don't return if you don't want to. Start thinking about the next one. But geez, man, you're only making, you know, a bad scenario even worse. Because now for the few people that do come in the show, uh, there's these empty holes. It's just a miserable okay. atmosphere. It's just not. Sunday morning. You're, and... Yeah, you're not doing anybody any favors. In fact, you're burning bridges. You do that yeah. at a show and you're going to be surprised how you're not invited to other shows. You won't be back at that show, but promoters talk to each other or promoters go to each other's shows and they wander around and they see what's going on and, and, and they pick and choose who they want to be in their shows for sure. 
you know, I mean, it's a tight knit community, even though it's world reaching. So, yeah. So this is something which I want to ask you. I mean, you've been to a lot of conventions in the US and, and you experience, and this is like a little bit of a nasty question. Do you have, would you say like the, the, most of the, uh, most of the convention, are they, are they good convention that is worth to go or not? Because you have like over 300 events a year in the US and, you know, I always been wondering, you know, like, you know, I know like 10, 20, 30, 50 conventions, which are probably big and, you know, there's good people behind them. I and honestly they, can't, obviously we can't be in all of them. So that's physically impossible. But um, there's, I think most of the conventions serve a particular purpose. Um, they may be, I think a lot of them are going to be oriented towards the immediate area that they're in. But I mean, there's so many shows, as long as they're well run. I hear of bombs every year, but uh, most of the shows seem to do fair. Some do way better than others. You know, I mean, you know, you've got Philly and, and, and Minneapolis and Baltimore here, and, and Troy has a few others that are Chicago, uh, monster shows that are just amazing. Um, and then he has some other shows that are, I will call them normal conventions and, you know, like, you know, where they're, they're, to me, they seem moderate to slow, but they're actually really cool shows. But next to their big brothers, they look funny. Uh, Derb does a couple of awesome shows here for sure. Uh, you know, Tramp Show up in uh, Detroit. Um, I, there's, you know, I'm, I'm missing some and I apologize to the promoters. I'm not trying to, 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 to plug everybody, but I mean, like, there's some awesome shows here. Uh, then there's like little niche shows. There's one in, I want to say in Pennsylvania, I've never been to, but it's done inside an old prison. Uh, it's uh, Ink in the Clink or something like that, where uh, it's an old prison that's been shut down and they, it's, it's cool weird, but yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's cool. And then there's, then there's just like, <coughs> just like uh, tattoo suppliers uh people see the success of tattooing uh and want to suddenly be in a tattoo supply business so they start answering emails from uh, uh china and, and and they start buying products and everybody and their brother wants to be a supplier nowadays the same thing in yep. the uh promotional end uh, uh everybody's trying to throw a tattoo convention and uh so i see a lot of people try that and fail dismally but uh some of them <laughs> actually build empires what, what, what would you say to, uh, to somebody who wants to organize a new tattoo convention in the U.S.? You know, what, would you be, what would your best advice be for them to succeed? I would say make sure you're in an area where it's not being done well. Either, either there's no show already or there's a show that's being done incredibly poorly. You know, but... Um, uh, you, you got to be careful. You can't go into a, an area and, and start a show where another promoter's already got their foot in, especially if it's a promoter with uh, any sort of experience because you're going to lose regardless. But, um, you know, if, 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 if Billy Bob tried to start a convention there and he's, he's unknown and he's had a show and nobody came through the door, that's kind of like fair game. Uh, still, if you think you can do it right, but uh, in the last few years, getting to know promoters better, a lot of them on a personal level, 
the amount of work that goes into a show is insane. It, 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 it takes a full year to prepare a show. And that's a full year of almost a full-time job. And if you don't have a team to work with, you better not be trying to do another job because you're going to be working two jobs. And, you know, people can do it. But well, that, that's what I wonder as well. I mean, I see so many new people coming in, you know, like organizing to do conventions. Some of them are already coming from the industry that are already quite known. And, and, but there's some other people. I mean, I always try to understand who is behind a convention, you know. So, for example, like I get some submissions like, okay, you know, there's a new show, first annual tattoo convention, and I found it was a little bit ridiculous because you can't call a convention the first annual convention, and then it's going to last <laughs> years. After 10 years, you can call it an annual convention, right? But, and, and yeah, a lot of the people, I'm a lot of the time I'm surprised, like, it's, it's nobody you've never heard of, and trying to make a convention. I was like, well, you know, like, that's a pretty difficult thing to do, you know, it's, Tattooers have big balls, you know, I mean, uh, you know, the, the successful ones um, in this industry, you've got to stand out. Um, I, I tell people all the time, like, like, I attribute my success to a combination of ignorance and arrogance. Okay. Uh, I don't know which it is. I, I don't know. I don't know whether I'm arrogant enough to think, to know I'm going to succeed or whether I'm ignorant enough to know that I, I there's the potential for failure, uh, or you know, I mean, I, I may not be aware of the potential for failure, or it's it's a combination of the two, you know. Um, I, I don't think that's probably what it keeps you, it keeps you going well. I mean, you know what I mean? Like if you if you're not really aware, like I may fail because these of these reasons, but maybe you wouldn't start it at all, and then you wouldn't succeed at all. Right. So I mean, you know, so anything you, you want to do in life, just start, man. Um, if it, it, it's silly, I had a fortune cookie last week and, 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 um, it, and the fortune just simply said, begin the rest is easy. And, exactly. and I was like, wow, how fitting I, it's just, it's like, it's true. Most people will contemplate it, think about it, dream about it, wish for it to just magically happen. But if you put the foot forward, you know, like these guys starting these conventions. Well, they've got to try, you know, and and even if it's not a success, it's not a failure. You know, you're not you don't fail until you give up. So if you try it and it doesn't work, well, you try it again the next year and it'll be a little better, hopefully, and whatever. And and, and you build from the prior experiences. But, uh, you know, very rarely does anybody try anything for the first time and make a major success out of it. It just, it's just, it's not, it's not practical. No. Well, I think the problem is like at school, you've been taught to, if you fail, you suck, you know? And, but I mean, if you don't try, you can't fail. And if you don't fail, you don't move on. So, right. I mean, that, that thing you can apply to pretty much everything in life. But yeah, I think for uh, tattoo artists or events organizers, yeah, that's a pretty, uh, yeah, you gotta try over and over again to, to find what works for you. But Edison with the light bulb, basically they asked him, you know, how'd you invent the light bulb? He's like, well, I, I, I was running out of ways to do it wrong. I had to get it right. You know, I just see uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of experiments that failed. 10,000 times. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know. Well, it doesn't work. <laughs> right, you know, well, how did you invent it? I ran out of ways to do it wrong. That's just, that's, <laughs> that's it. It's kind of life sometimes mathematical thing right and i made major 
major mistakes in my life. I have, I have, I have made some horrible investments. I've, I've built some products that probably shouldn't have been built. I've, 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 you name it. I've, I've started businesses that shouldn't have been started. I've, I've, I've wasted absurd amounts of money in different areas. Um, but I try not to spread myself too thin with any, where any one major failure is going to destroy me. So I've been lucky enough to have none of my mistakes put me into bankruptcy or the poorhouse or whatever. I've, I've had to go all the way back to zero and start over again, but it's always been something that's salvageable um, where a lot of people will just bet their last nickel on something. And now you got to be committed to what you're doing and that, that shows commitment. But if you don't have a plan, if you don't have a plan B or a plan C, you probably destined to fail out of the gate. You know, if you can't be flexible in the plan too, you know, your plan starts moving forward. I don't think any product or any, any, any uh, business move I've ever made has ever been a straight path from point A to point B. It's, you know, it's, it's moving along and the, and the times change. And I need it. Like I said, I need to learn marketing. I hate marketing. I hate selling people stuff. That's one of the reasons I I'm, I'm an artist, man. I want to, I want to create art. And I, a lot of my customers are the same way. I don't want to, I don't want to do a song. Do dance. you think that this is a common problem between among the two artists? Like they, they don't want to sell their heart, but they have to, because otherwise they wouldn't get enough work or, and you know they're forced to be all the time on social media and be as active as possible and post anything well, they can about work or you know it's, the the it's, guys it's, like that should just stick to painting uh because tattooing is a customer service business it's just you know you you need to take into consideration your clients interests and wants and needs and and it's not all about you unless you've built yourself to that plateau you know when you're up there and you're world famous and you got people flying in from other countries and spending thousands of dollars a day. All right. Yeah. You can do whatever the hell you want. Man. But that's like, what? that's a percent. It's a percent of a percent of <laughs> tattooers around the world. Everybody else has to answer to somebody. I mean, you know, I have to answer to my clients. I have to answer to my employees. I have to answer to my wife. You know, I mean, nobody, nobody gets free reign of whatever they want to do. And to think that they, to think that they do is, is they're just disillusioned. That's all, you know, or they're in the wrong field. So I've been saying it for decades is 90 plus percent of all tattooers shouldn't be. Um, and they're here for the wrong reasons. Yeah. yeah. 90% of the people doing tattoos today shouldn't be. And it's not that they're horrible artists. They're just, in my opinion, which is obviously narrow, but um, it's, uh, if people are in it for the money or they're in it for the, the fame or they're in it for, uh, you know, anything, publicity, uh, girls, guys, whatever they're trying to gain, if they're not just doing the art because they're passionate about the art, they're yeah. not gonna make it. Yeah. Well, they they'll get by fine. They'll pay their bills, but like, I don't know. You're just sort of skating by on the rest of our coattails, you know. Like, it, a lot of us have dedicated our entire lives to this, you know, and and yeah. blood, sweat, and tears, and 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 our elders before us who have broken ground and 
and, and put up with things that we can't even conceive to lay the groundwork for us to have the ability to do what we do today. You know, I mean, if you can't respect that and honor that, then go away, man. I, I have no problem saying that. I, which is sad because I'm a supplier. I'm dependent upon these people for, for my income. But like I said, I don't want to sell to everybody anyways. It's not, that's not my goal. I, I, I want to cater to people that care. That's kind of my, uh, I, I also say I'm an artist, you know, I'm a tattoo artist first and a supplier second. That's, that's my right. thing. So we're getting way off topic here. We're supposed to be talking about conventions, Alex. And yeah, no, you, got know, me, you got me on this rant. You got I, me I'm like, into it now, no, but it's, it's interesting <laughs> to me. I know I'm, I'm listening to everything you say. There's a lot of, I mean, most of it makes a lot of sense to me. So, right. you know, right. and, and so it's, it's, um, yeah, I mean, I could just listen to you forever, but I mean, it's, right. <laughs> I, I, I like your perspective on many things. I mean, you were like just very um, straightforward on, I try and be. I I don't have a lot of time to do anything else. You know. I mean. Oh yeah, sure. No, no, you can, you can. I mean, you can bullshit around stuff. I mean, that's the way it is, and and that's it. And I mean, that's something. That's something also with the artists. Okay, so that's one thing I have. You know, like it's when I see. Well, honestly, what when when Gabe was talking about us going live and us never meeting and we never spoken before, and I was thinking, I'm thinking, okay, we can go live. I'm like, but this may not end well. What if I don't like Alex? You know, I'm like, what yeah, if, you know, here. <laughs> well, because anybody that knows me knows I don't generally hold my opinion in, you know, I mean, like, like, you know, know. Fine for so, no, but I, I saw you, I saw, I saw a lot of your interviews, you know, and, and so I, I already had a certain idea on how, how you think and work, you know, but it's, 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 it's refreshing for me to see it now directly from you in person, which I'm very it, happy to. It's definitely yeah. a pleasure to, to, to finally meet you for, for sure. So, but uh, I mean, I'd like to know a little bit. I mean, I know a little bit about you, but like, what year did you start tattooing? I am not a, a tattoo artist. Are you uh, not a tattoo artist? I'm not a tattoo artist, no. I, I thought you I, were I, tattooing. See, no, I didn't not. do my homework. God damn it. <laughs> no, no, I'm a, for the public year. I'm not a tattoo artist. I mean, I can, I can technically tattoo, um, but people wouldn't pay me for that. And... I hate about the money. <laughs> no, well, I make money in other ways. I mean, you know, like when I when when I started to learn about tattooing or you know to get interested about tattoos, you know, I never really, I didn't have like um an artistic background. Although I liked that I, I did like a technical school and then I went to IT. So creative stuff wasn't really my background. I liked it and I you know I thought it was nice the culture of tattooing, but I never thought I could become a tattoo artist. Later in my life, then I started to fantasize about the fact of I met some tattoo artists and I know they were traveling the world with a suitcase and stuff like that. And I thought that that's really cool. I mean, you know, that's all I need is, is a machine and some equipment. I can I always had like a, a big thing for traveling. You know, traveling for me has been one of the biggest things in my life. I had a you know I had a pretty nice life in my eyes because of the travels I did. You know, and, and I thought, you know, like tattooing could be like a, um, you know, like a full-time solution to really, you know, enjoy a good life while traveling and while being in tattooing. It doesn't get any better than that. So I bought machines and stuff like that. Um, but I realized I don't have the patience to do it. You know, like it's, it's, I'm a fairly impatient person and sitting hours, you know, like refining a drawing and stuff like that. It's, I see it also, yeah, I mean, I have a studio, I have a tattoo artist here and, and I see how much work they put into it, you know, it blows my mind. 
you know, and I'm, I'm aware that I'm not able to do that. You know, well, that's okay. So, you know, your limitations and that's fine. Yeah. I'm not a terribly patient person either, but when it came to tattooing, tattooing to me was like weed just slowed me down. Like, uh, like I, when I started tattooing, like I've been patient with, with, everything okay <laughs> you know fast food lines the restaurants whatever i i was getting angry waiting for my coffee in a drive-through this morning you know because it was just not moving and um i won't say angry but frustrated because uh, i needed to be here but um yeah most things most things i'm relatively impatient with but when i was tattooing i would just like the world would close off when i'm tattooing somebody and everything would slow down and it was just a matter of getting the right parts in the right places, you know, and, and, well, know and, and, and it was weird. It was like shifting from high gear to low gear. And that was one of the few areas of my life where I could do that. And to me, it was calming and relaxing and enjoyable. So I guess that's one of the things that made me love tattooing too. So that's what I see like in everyone else that is tattooing. That is that isn't me. I mean, I'm like you know, let's space out and they're like in their world and they're, they're not distracted by anything, which is a beautiful condition. I mean, I would have to get high to get in that kind of condition. You know what I mean? Uh, I can't do that, or I just want to sit on the couch. So, <laughs> so, so, but you know, like I told you know, like uh, I would you know, and by the way, look, you know, like uh, I love what I'm doing. You know, conventions, comedy conventions. You know, it's it's um, it, it's something which you know, like I carved my niche out. In this huge industry, you know, uh, I found. Oh, something. you're doing it well. I mean, you're 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 well known around the world, and then, you know, I mean. Uh, oh yeah, I, yeah you, can, you can always do better. It's something I enjoy doing. I'm not, you know, Gabe knows I'm not motivated by money or stuff like that. It's something that I truly enjoy doing, and I hope I can keep doing it like for fucking forever. You know, uh, yeah, because I mean that allows me to keep going to conventions and meet nice people and be in the environment I like to. Conventions were for me my escape from reality. You know, I used to work again, like an IT company, it's nine to five, you know. Uh, right. So when I was going to commercial, like, well, I'm finally free. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm, in a, I'm in an environment where people can be themselves, you know. Well, I mean, I, 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 I can respect that and I can respect you uh, for finding your place in the business. Um, I can be, I'm accepting of that. I, I, and, and congratulations yeah. on your success for sure. Um, like I... I have friends that aren't tattooists that make tattoo machines and that right. things yeah. like that have generally been frowned upon in the business. Like uh, there's, there's a good part of our industry that does not like outsiders. So there's people out there, there's people out there that don't want to see you making money off of our industry. Cause you're not a tattooist. Well, yes, no, I know. you have a whole different, you. you have a whole different skill set, which we have a need for. So, and you, you're obvious, it's obvious that you love and you're passionate about tattoos. So, and you're sincere and you're not, you know, I mean, so I can welcome you with open arms, just like I do other friends that, that make money off the industry Thank you. that are talented, but not artists, you know I mean? But I can see that some people can't. And I just, I, I want you to know, like, I, I don't have any reservations about it. So um, no, but I appreciate you say that. You know, like I, I'll be honest with you. Like the first few years that you know, like for example, like I made water events and I was going to conventions. You know, um, 
you know, obviously I, I didn't come from that industry. So a lot of people had no idea who I was. So I would ask like for an accreditation to go commercial, I would get it. Um, but I wouldn't, <laughs> at least the first couple of years, you know, I was very reluctant to go to an organization. I'm Alex and I'm the owner of Portable Events. So I don't know, just a photographer or something like that. You know, like I was really <laughs> fucking, uh, how do you say, like shy about that. You know what I mean? And also, I didn't really ask anything to anyone for years to help me out or something because I know that you had to be accepted first, you know. And I thought, you know, I just built, you know, my idea, my 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 project, and whatever. If that works, people will recognize it, which happened, mm -hmm. you know, without asking anything to anyone because I know it works in the industry. I thought I thought it would take me at least ten years to get somehow accepted. That happened a lot earlier, to be honest. And so I was. You know, that was a big surprise somehow to me. I thought they would, I would have to work for a lot longer, like up to my 60s before somebody would, you know, notice that he's maybe doing something right in this industry, you know. And I'm really mean that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Right. No, yeah, it, so. it's... Uh, as... Been around the business a while, I mean, I've seen a lot of people come in and, and, and just burn bridges. You know, uh, there's... I, I get approached by new products weekly you know just 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 bombarded hey sell this sell this sell this and it's like why who the hell are you you don't yeah. you know you you make face cream and now you want to be in the goddamn tattoo world because you see dollar signs you know go away i don't want your product i don't care if it's good i don't even want you here i don't want to put any money any any money in your pocket you know i mean if that's it's, it's, it sounds stupid maybe to some people but like that's not you know I don't, I don't sell things just to make money. I sell things I believe in. So, but it's, uh, it's, I forgot where I was going a little bit there, but. Uh, no, yeah, we're still talking about convention. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's refreshing that uh, to see people come into the business that are committed, they're passionate, you know, that, that like I said, they, you're not, looking for the quick hook you're not looking to get rich you, you know you're, yeah. you're 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 finding a way to make a living in an industry you're passionate about and yes. that's there's nothing wrong with that at all you know yeah. now if you were in here now if you were in here trying to get everybody to sign up to emails to collect personal data to to to, to sell off to advertisers and do stuff like oh, that, no. which <laughs> which i which i've seen other companies come and do here in the last few years or whatever seeing how data has become such a big thing in the world um you know they come in and they they set up promotions and they 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 set up prizes hey come give us all your personal data and you get a one in 342 million chance of winning a dollar and 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 i'm like i just I give me a break. yeah no, for but the everybody else gets enticed by the camera nothing for sale gabe knows i mean we did we did all these other videos you know and and look i mean you know doing those videos is something which has been possible thanks to the pandemic this is something which i had in my mind for a long time now i have the the possibility to really sit down with some initially event organizers, talk about their experience in doing those conventions, talk about themselves, you know. And Gabe, correct me if I'm wrong, but until until now, I don't think I ever say that guys, you know, like subscribe, water to events, so go check. I fucking forget because that's not why, that's why, that's not why I'm doing these videos. This is actually like most of it out of a personal interest, you know, and maybe that could be interesting for other people as well. That's my main motivation. You know, yeah. Um, well, in my videos, I I forget that, and to be honest with you, Gabe or Fernando or somebody needs to prompt me to 
to uh, to, yeah. to remind <laughs> people to do that because like yeah I'm not here to sell like like when I do my videos that's not like you know if it gets me more business if I'm educating people and if people appreciate that and they want to return to favor and, or they like my philosophy and they want to experience needle jig as it is awesome that's super cool but I'm like I'm just putting the information out there do it do with it what you will you know it's exactly. like you know and, and, and I've got a lot of times it's just my opinion and I am not perfect by any you know stretch of the imagination it's just it's 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 my views that I've formed over my 30 years in the business um now given I I've only experienced so much I can't experience everything so no it's it's Man, just that's, that's the same for everyone. I mean, we all have the same problem. It's just an opinion, you know. Uh, if it's a fact, I'll let you know it's a fact, you know, like gravity or you know the sun rising and things like that. Those things can't be argued. But like a lot of it is opinion. So, yeah. Gabe has a ton of editing to do on this because we have so much crap we're gonna have to cut out of this thing. <laughs> Sorry about that, Gabe. Uh, no, no. Yeah, we, we got derailed. Maybe we should have a talk like three hours before and then go live. But then on the other hand, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like when you have the little speeches before going live and then a lot of times you have the most genuine exchanges and then you go live and it becomes too mechanical, stuff like that. Or it's not spontaneous. Right. And I don't do that. I don't, uh, yeah. I, you can ask Gabe. Oh. Uh, Gabe, Gabe probably oh, hates I mean, me for it because I don't do scripts. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to have, it all laid out. I'm not shooting a movie. I'm not shooting an advertisement. I'm generally sitting down and talking with an old friend. Today it's a sure. new friend, but like I want I want the flaws to come through. I want, you know, if you say it's, something it's, and I look out of the corner of my eye and hesitate, like this guy's on crack, that kind of should be caught on film, you know. I mean, because that's that's two people reacting to each other. And that's what tells the story, you know? So it's like, uh, to me, that's authentic. And I like that. Uh, unfortunately, it comes with a lot of this, you know, incessant rambling uh, that, that doesn't go anywhere sometimes, but that's just yeah, part of the game. Yeah, it's just part of the game. That's, yeah, part of the game. So, yeah. But I mean, that's, that's, that's what I'm shooting. I like, I, I like to watch other people's videos that are more cut and polished, you know, where they're, they're scripted and it's a question and there's an answer and there's a question and there's an answer, exactly. you know, and then there's a deep thought process and then there's a commercial break and then there's, you know, those are okay, but that's not what I, it's not what I enjoy watching and it's not what I want to put out there for others. So I'd rather no, no. just shoot the shit and I don't even care if anybody watches. How does that, how sad is that? <laughs> you know me too i mean i'm happy if you, you know like if if somebody wants it it's it's out there you know and and if you can get anything good out of it cool but otherwise there's been a fucking great experience for me you know right. i know i know there's people that want to watch it but i don't care yeah. if i get a hundred views or i get a hundred thousand views it doesn't again it doesn't drive me to do it i'm not doing it for everybody else's approval i'm doing it because more often than not I'm documenting little chunks of history, uh, tattoo history, you know, uh, uh, with, with people that may not be with us much longer or, or people that might be uh, cutting edge in a certain area or people that are underappreciated in a different area. Uh, or, or, or like I said, just documenting a little bit of history with an old friend. Who knows? I might, I might get to the point where I can't remember anything anymore. You know, I might want to sit down and rewatch my old videos in old age 
to maybe remind myself where I've been because we don't know where we're going, you know. I mean, no, that's that's a, that's another good point, you know. Uh, or you will have something to show to your family or kids or whatever grandkids. I don't know, like you know. Right. I, you know, yeah. I spend so much time away from my family. This might be their best chance of getting to know me. <laughs> Who you really are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, like you know, like in it, it, it. This is the other thing. So. I know, like you've been, you know, like, you 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 are in US and everything else. But did, have you have you ever gone to a lot of conventions, like in, in outside of US or Europe, uh, Asia, I don't know, South America? And, and what would be the your miss your 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 favorite region region in the world for? Uh, I've only done shows in the US at this point. Uh, actually, pre-pandemic, I was was planning on coming over and. Uh, uh shanghai kate wanted me to come over and uh do london with her and uh so a couple other shows i was going to come over and do and then the world got turned upside down so right. um and gabe made arrangements for me to come over to uh belgium here but i think it's supposed to be next month but i don't know i don't think that's happening anymore it's and, gonna happen in 10 days uh, oh it is gonna happen in 10 days because I yeah, mean, yeah, I, yeah. that was sort of up in the air for a while. So I'm like, oh, crap, you know, well, do I plan on yeah, booking I mean, this or not book this? Do I can I can I even travel? I don't know if I can travel. I'm like, it's it's, it's overwhelming. It's so complicated. It's complicated. I mean, I would have to travel from from Asia. And then, yeah, I was just telling you, like, I will go back to Europe and I only have one shot. So I have to do a quarantine, blah, blah. So I thought, you know, even if even if I travel tomorrow, I probably won't make it in time for a convention. That bugs me because almost everyone I know it's going and at least in Europe, right? From US or the part is gonna be harder, but yeah. I'd I mean, love to be there, but my, my big fear is I, I, I leave the United States and something weird happens in the week I'm gone and I can't get back. You know, like, like they're all of a sudden, you know, I've been to a part of the world where they're gonna say, you can't come back in. I'd be like, what the hell? You know, yeah, like I have, I have businesses, I have family. I have, so I, I'm a little nervous about that, but uh, yeah. That, uh, have you been able to, to visit any conventions since the beginning of the pandemic? No, I haven't done. I, uh, the only thing I did was uh, Gabe's thing a couple of weeks ago, which was uh, uh, yeah, yeah, minimal, yeah. minimal attendance. It was a lot of virtual. Uh, yes. So, so I, I, I did go there. We were cautious about, you know, our interactions and all that. And uh uh, we did a lot of uh, video stuff like that, you know, broad broadcasting out. Uh, yeah, been, been as well. yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was fun, but it was not like a convention atmosphere. I haven't done one yet. Um, I, I've pissed off a few promoters by, by not doing shows I normally do, but you know, I just, and it's not that I don't want to go and it's not that I'm afraid to go. I'm fully vaccinated and I'm comfortable with it. Um, I have too much going on at home. Right. Uh, once I wasn't traveling 20 weeks a year myself, I was staying home and I'm being more productive. Uh, I, I'm working on new projects. I'm working on new products. I'm, uh, like I said, I picked up aviation again. I'm, I've, I have all these things that I'm doing at home that I don't necessarily have the time to travel right now. And when I go back to doing shows, I'm going to be very selective of the shows I do because 
I'm starting to realize how valuable my time is here at home with my family, with my, with my workforce. Um, uh, so do you yeah. think you would go back to do 20, 25 shows a year? No, never again. Never. <laughs> uh, six to 12 tops. And I, if, if we get all the way up to 12, I won't be at all 12. I'll maybe be at uh, six or eight. I, I, which one would be the, 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 the first one on top of your list? Where you Philadelphia, for sure. And that's just because it's the largest gathering. So that's my best opportunity to meet with everybody in a short period of time. You know, uh, yeah. The Philadelphia and Chicago, as far as the largest uh, potential the client bases. And um, Minneapolis, probably for my favorite show which I sound like I'm favoring Troy Temple now because those are all three of his shows. Oh, right. <laughs> um, uh, locally, uh, there's a small show called the Massachusetts uh, Tattoo Festival put on by uh, Joe Peterson uh, yeah. and his wife, Irene. Uh, that's a couple hours for me. It's a small show, but it's kind of tattoo family oriented. Uh, we go, we have a good time, we get drunk, and just enjoy each other's experiences, make a little money. But I mean, that's probably one of my favorite shows, uh, hometown type of show type of thing. Uh, Tommy Ringwald, uh, his show uh, down in Hartford, he does another one at the casino. Uh, those are local again, you know, like an hour, hour and a half away from me. So uh, those are quick and easy. And I consider those people family. And um, maybe uh, a couple more, but yeah, that's like, I'm just, I'm going to be picky. I'm going to pick and choose and, and spend my time wisely. You know, I'm getting older. I don't, I don't want to travel 20 weeks a year. It's just, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. Uh, it, it, it's just a tough, yeah, it's a tough life. I mean, it's a beautiful life on one hand, but on the other hand, it's like, I, I realize this as well. I mean, I, I, this is the longest I've ever been anywhere <laughs> for so long, for two years without getting, you know, out of the country. You know, when we were That's doing conventions, we started with a few a year and then we'd add a show. Then we'd add another show. Then we'd add a couple sure. of shows. And I, I slowly worked myself into that, that, uh, that situation. And don't get me wrong. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But I didn't realize what it was costing me mentally, physically, uh, not financially, but like, you know, it, it probably cost me some financially. Uh, because being at the show is marketing, promotion, whatever there and business there. But I'm also not doing my job here at home as effectively. So there's a trade-off and sometimes that trade-off is very negative. So uh, yeah, it, it was, it was costing me a lot, um, probably more mentally and physically though, like the wear and tear on my body and my mind. Uh, it was, it was a heavy price to pay. Uh, and I, I could, going to continue to do it i'm just going to be selective about it you know i didn't realize how hard i was working myself and i'm the kind of guy where but yeah you I were probably on that kind of flow you know yeah, i i won't stop working i won't stop working until the job is done you know yeah. i will i will find myself after hours here on a regular basis um i go home i eat dinner uh, spend a little time with the wife. She goes to bed and then I'm back to work on the computer because I do a lot of business in Asia. So 12 hour time difference. Um, I'm regularly up and communicating 
uh, with Asia at, you know, 12, one, two in the morning. And then I go to bed and I get up and I do it all over again. And then you start throwing in these shows and it's just, it's relentless and I can do it, but I'm going to choose not to do it as much. You know, right. my sanity and mental health is worth a lot more than that. Um, you know, and I don't know if it took the pandemic to wake that up in me because we all lost, we've all lost a lot during this and, yeah. um, and, it, and, it, and it's sad and it, but if you, you know, if you're one of those that's still here, you know, you, you're probably reevaluating your time and your energy a little bit. Like, uh, I, I think, think that you are. I think probably everyone has been reflecting on that aspect. I mean, you know, like how, how to use the time in the best possible ways uh, after two years of being semi, I want to say inactive, but yeah, fairly limited in what you could possibly do. Um, yeah, I mean, same here. I mean, it's, uh, uh, Again, like I was going from one convention to another one, and now, now I stopped for two years, and so now I gotta start again. And yeah, what you just said is very, it resonates to me again. Like, I, I, I'll have to go to less shows, and, and, you know, like, yeah, probably be a lot more selective, you know. The problem is, like, once you get to start into the flow, then get to make, get some, you know, get to know some people, like, yeah, I come to my show too. Okay, you go to the show, you meet some other people, I come to my show again, you know, and then <laughs> you just keep going like this. But yeah, but I mean, that's in an effort to please other people and and i yeah, it's both i mean if i can go to a new place i would go okay that to me would be enticing if i get to right. if i get to come i'd like to come to vietnam one of these days for sure and that was yeah, before yeah. and that was before knowing you but i mean like um i i i've known tim hawkinsworth out of uh, bali for for years and years uh the 90s being in the body jewelry business he has a very successful business out there um and he's been inviting me to come out there and spend time on his place in bali uh open invitation even if he's not there at the time uh yeah. i could stay at his place do whatever blah blah, blah. And i'm like how did i not take him up on that in the last 20 years 25 years you what know it's mean, insane that i didn't do that wow. so but uh I want to do that. I want to go to new places and see new things. But as far as going to work at shows, I'm, I, it's going to be minimal. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a few shows that I, I think the company needs to be at for exposure. Um, yeah. And then there's going to be a few shows that I want to be at due to the personal nature and the camaraderie aspect. But anything else, you know, I, I can come to I can come to Vietnam without thinking about needle jig at all. I can just come to visit or maybe experience the culture or maybe see that side of the industry and what's going on there. But I don't need to make it a, a business trip. Uh, same thing for well, any other part of the world. So I'm I sure it would, be, it would be interesting for you here, like in, in, in both sides. I mean, you know, like one way to see the country on the other way to see the tattoo industry here, because I mean, it's, it's a very, very interesting situation here i mean you know like the tattoo industry is only like 15 years old 15 over 15, you didn't really have like professional tattoo artists um 15 years ago or over 15 years ago you know so it's something which went like this absolutely exploded like within a decade and it's such a big vibrant growing uh tattoo community here which is i you know i love it it's uh, i don't know you could compare it i, I you know, probably with Europe in the early 80s or nice. US in the 50s or 60s. 
Wow. You know, like then going to that's cool. That, I'd like to experience that then, you know, because I wasn't around yeah. back then. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, maybe maybe in the seventies. Let, let me rephrase it. Maybe in the seventies in you. I mean, you, you U.S. as a as a as a very long tattoo culture compared to other parts of the world, like in, on on a professional level. I mean. And uh, so I don't know. And this is what you breed here. It's like this kind of enthusiasm, which which we had in in you know like our regions of the world back then. Now it's a it's a consolidated industry business whatever you want to call it you know it's still tattooing but for a lot of people it's business right and uh, yeah here it's 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 uh, shifting from you know like something which was a, a a subculture to a proper profession a respectable profession you know this is happening here now while you know us and europe happened already like decades the, yeah late 80s mid yeah. late 80s that was yeah. the, that was the start of that transition and then that's yeah. you know it's still still coming about now really yeah well depending on the region right i mean some some places catch up you know like uh sooner yeah. later, later on others whatever but i mean it's it's uh you, you can you can really definitely see how this is happening now you know and, and to me that's extremely fascinating i mean especially yeah when... i'll notice when i go from even within different regions of the u.s where I can almost look and not just tattoo related, but like, like I'll go into a town and I'd be like, wow, this reminds the, the, the area, the, the, the culture, the thought process reminds me of another area I was in 15 years prior. Like they're, they're 15 years behind the times. They're just starting. Going back in time. It, you can almost just, it's, 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 it's almost like time travel going to different yeah. places sometimes, which is nerdy. <laughs> I like it. Oh, yeah, it's also interesting. But I mean, that was the same. That was the same for me here. It was, it's a little bit of time travel, but on the other hand, it's like it's it's interesting to see how fast they've been able to catch up with, you yeah. know, with the rest of the world. I mean, you have some Vietnamese artists now which which compete on an international level at conventions and win a lot oh. of prizes and they became quite famous, which was fairly unthinkable even just ten years ago. There's also like a, a manufacturing revolution going on over there right now too, because like a lot of a lot of manufacturers are pushing products or manufacturing into Vietnam now due to yeah. the trade wars going on with China, exactly. you know. And I'm like, ah, man, I'm like, I make a lot of products in China, and I'm, I can't. <laughs> well, just, I'll tell you something. I'm, I can't I'm just transfer to over to Vietnam, but I mean, like, yeah. but I make other products and I have other ideas, so I'd like to come and experience some of that too. Is to like. Not for the tattoo products, but I have other things. I, I I'm not just a, a one track one trick pony here. So I have oh. other ideas. I want to produce or whatever. So why would I take new products and start producing them in an area that's already causing me conflict and stupid amounts of money and tariffs and whatnot? You know, I'll, you know, I, I I've got to be flexible. I've got to I've got to I got to be willing to divert from the path I'm on to continue on and be successful with the world's changes. So I'd like to come to, you know, Vietnam and other parts of the uh, Asia. Yeah, more than welcome, you know, like I'll, uh, I, I can, you know, like, I'm, oh my God, it's like we're having like a rainfall here now. I don't know if you can hear it. It's like a sudden shower. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I am very, very sure that, you know, I am trying to invite everyone I know, like, you know, like just come over and discuss to see what's going on here. See, see it with your own eyes, you know. And, and I'm sure that it's, you know, what you said is very true. I mean, there's a lot of production shifting from China to Vietnam. Um, and this is why, you know, I'm, I'm personally very happy to be here because it's a growing country, it's a growing economy. 
And well, the opportunities have to be incredible. I mean, it yeah, has to be just relentless opportunities. Yeah, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I struggle now to hear you because the, I have like a, a giant roof which is being fluted now. It's, it's very hard to hear you. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's I, can't, I can't hear the rain now. I, I heard the one one uh, gust come by, but I'm not listening. I can't hear the rain right now. So. Oh, you don't hear? No. Well, yeah, the problem is like, I cannot hear you. No. Okay, now it's getting, it's case. It's almost passing. Yeah, it's, it's like a sudden shower, like two minutes, which comes down like as a waterfall. And we used to get months when I lived in Arizona, we, we would get monsoons that would come through uh, for brief periods, more than two minutes. But, you know, you just uh, be sunny, a sunny day, then you see major dust storm, uh, major rain, and then clear again. It just, yeah. Well, he, well, here it's two minutes, but I can I mean, now it's, it's uh, rain season, so that can go on for months. I mean, and, 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 and it can become pretty intense, but yeah, I mean, it's just, just the roof, which is, uh, there's a concrete roof, but on top of it, there is a, there is a giant metal plate. Right. And that's very noisy when it rains. So, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> the beauty of being in Vietnam, man. So, come to yeah, Vietnam, no. it might rain for months. Uh, yeah. So, maybe you guys to, uh, you should come together here, Gabe. Oh, I'm down. Soon It'll as, be awesome. Uh, I'm sure you guys would enjoy it here. You'll love it. And by the way, like as soon as we can travel freely again, I'd love to. Well, look, I'm also planning a convention to to do a convention here in 2023 in my okay. city, uh, Danang. It's a city with 1.2 million people on the beach. We have a 25 kilometer beach street stretch, sorry, which is one of the longest in all Asia, and one of the best tourist destinations in Asia. Um, around my place, I have like probably like anywhere between six to 800 hotels and resorts. There's a very, very busy, nice place. So nice. I think lunch will be very, very good. And that will be the first time um, that there will be a real good international trade convention. Nice. So if you get to come, I mean, what, what, be- what, are, what, are, what are those dates? And then um, maybe I, I know that you guys could talk forever. Uh, uh, <laughs> maybe you five, want to close five, it out with another convention another question i'm planning for five to seven may 2023 may fantastic okay. yeah may 2023 like ideally over, uh, with, uh, next year but i'm not sure like the borders will be open uh, the way uh, you know i expect 2023 is way good call yeah 20, yeah. yeah next year we could do it but it, it would be too risky because i mean yeah this, this this shitty pandemic is still going, and here they may, yep. you know, like we get another wave. Here they'll probably just shut down everything again, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so I don't think that's a good idea. So yeah, better wait another year, but then do it properly. I think Gabe know. wants us to talk about conventions so he can have more. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, we can we can rephrase the name of the of this stri- live stream, and well, you know, it we can be broken about- into a couple pieces too. I mean, uh- exactly. We can talk about business. We can talk about uh, tattoo supply. We can talk about tattoo supply coming up. Actually, look, we can do a 10, 10 hour stream for me. See <laughs> 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 what we can get out of it. You know what I mean? It's but there's so many topics that I'm um, gonna need more coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, but there's so many nice topics to touch. You know what I mean? You know, like I had a few other questions for you. You know, like for example, like I wanted to ask you also. You know, did you ever thought about organizing a convention yourself? Having been to so many events and doing so much. I've always well, I'll say I've always wanted to have a show of my own. Um, 
And the, you know, this thought process started years and years and years ago when there weren't that many shows and I never moved forward. I, I, I talked to one promoter possibly about buying into his show uh, that didn't really pan out so much. Um, and another guy that I, I, I'm probably hopefully going to be working with closely here, but uh, I've always wanted my own show, but I've also always been smart enough to know that I know nothing about throwing a convention of any sort. I know, I know a good amount about the tattoo industry, but, it, but the, the behind the scenes, uh, the, the, the gathering of the venue and the negotiations with the venue and the hotels and, and I'm a guy that hates marketing. So I don't stand a chance. 80% of the game. Right. You know, so I mean, so that means I either need to bring in either hire somebody that really knows that well or partner with somebody that really knows that well. Um, and so I knew I was at a disadvantage. So the only way for me to practically get into having a show would be to partner with somebody who has more experience, um, which is a hard word for me to use. Because uh, up until recently, I've never had a business partner anywhere in life. You know, I just just never, ever, 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 ever have. And not in the tattoo industry, not in real estate, not in anything. I don't believe, I didn't believe in partners because I've been screwed over so many times. And, I, and I've observed so many partnerships uh, fail miserably throughout time. But uh, uh now, as I'm getting older and I'm having long-term relationships with people or whatever, now I'm, I'm willing to consider those things as long as the lawyers have done their part, you know, as long as the contracts are, everything's got to be, you know, I's dotted, T's crossed. And so it's a legit deal and, and it's a true partnership and there's no advantages one way or the other, uh, then, then I'm, I'm down nowadays, but um, was never my philosophy before but i couldn't do it by myself and i know that you know i mean or if i did want to do it by myself it would be a two to three year process of me doing nothing but that i have to kind of ignore needle jig and go learn everything that corresponds to throwing a show and then throw a show so because i can't do it half-assed you know no, I, no. I, you would take it very seriously. So, so yeah, I've got to put my best effort in. So, right, of course, yeah. yeah, I've always wanted a show, but I've also always known that I wasn't prepared to do it at that point in time. Uh, or, you know, maybe, maybe I uh, developed some partnerships for a few years and maybe eventually have a small show on my own. But I think if I ever had my own personal show, it would be very small. It would be very elite. It would be um, more of a more of a gathering uh, type of thing for, for the artists that I've known and respected throughout my career, hopefully a gathering of friends and in an attempt to maybe at least cover the costs of the show. That would be, that would be, that would be what I'd want to do. You know, well, I think young enough to do it, right? Eventually. <laughs> I, I hope I have many more years for sure. I, so I, that I, could still be in a picture then. Well, yeah, you know, but they also could just be getting drunk with eight friends at a at a at a, at a hotel somewhere sometime and sitting around yeah. tattooing each other. Who knows? But uh, I, I I like that aspect of it more. You know, the uh, getting back to conventions, the old 
the older conventions had a different vibe and a different feel. Um, yes. Now that's an interesting topic, right? The, the what, Houston, the, yeah, the Houston show was not like the conventions you did today. There was some sideshow stuff. Uh, 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 Captain Don was there and, and some others in Enigma, obviously. And, and uh, I, I can't remember a lot, uh, but um, there was, was some it sideshow I wasn't, I just got tattooed there. I, a little Vinny oh, yeah, tattooed yeah, yeah. me and I was huh. there to experience the show. And, um, but the contests were different. Uh, uh, nobody was really up there trying to really win awards. It was, people were getting on stage to show off the work and their pride in the artists that did it. Um, nobody was trying to win uh, tattoo machines and ink sets and, 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 and popularity contests in, in, uh, promotional. Uh, that wasn't, it was there to show off the art and that was cool. And it was, it was, the, the contests were close and people gathered around the stage and, and it, it was just awesome. The promoters, uh, quite often had a little, uh, little goodie bags, uh, like, you know, you checked in to get your booths. Uh, I remember Ink Slinger's Ball. Uh, you know, it's all about the pirate theme and all that fun stuff. And, uh, and Gil used to put together these little, these little gift bags. And so you would like, you know, get a couple of uh, uh, fake gold coins with maybe the Ink Slinger's logo on it and, uh, and an eye patch and some random, random trinkets that were just little mementos to, uh, to, to you know keepsakes for over over time um but yeah it was it was it was a different vibe all the way around uh um, yeah, you think we lost that is it's not the case anymore like in most conventions what i remember tattoo conventions used to be almost entirely tattooers um right there may be a supplier off in the corner or in the back or something like that. Uh, but it was tattoos. Yeah, no. There was, there was, there was almost no other uh, marketing or, or, or branding or merchandise sales or whatever, you know, uh, the t-shirts that were being sold were sold by the artists. The, you know, there wasn't clothing companies there. There wasn't dildo companies there. There wasn't, you know, back massager companies there. There wasn't phone companies there. There wasn't, you know, uh, uh, CBD, company, you know, all these other, now you go to a show and it might be two thirds tattooers and uh, one third uh, merchandisers, uh, which is kind of cool because it brings in more people and, and intermingling. But um, I, it's a, it's just a different, different feel all the way around like i've always put an effort forward into never doing i do tattoo conventions i work tattoo conventions as a tattooer as a supplier whatever i do not generally work i can't think i've ever done a tattoo convention slash car show tattoo convention slash gun show tattoo huh. convention slash porn show Ta you know i don't i don't do that i i care about tattooing uh, whether I have other interests is besides the point, but when it comes down to that, I, I want to keep tattooing as pure as I That's can, fun. which, you know, that, that, 
that ship sailed a long time ago. But in my mind, uh, tattooing to me is still sacred. So I appreciate the old days, but I've got, I'm, I'm forced to change paths and, and navigate the world that I'm, I'm, I'm presented with. Yeah, no. yeah so I would. This is a situation where a lot of organizers that try to explore new avenues and combine, you know, any other type of lifestyle that may think that may be related. So yeah, some shows right. are. I understand what you're saying. I mean, but that comes down to promotion yeah. and marketing, which are again things that I don't love. You know, I mean, I understand a, a promoter. A promoter's number one goal is to get as many human beings through the the turnstiles as possible, because uh, that's how they make their money, um, and that's how the people who are attending the shows make their money. So I get it. It's a business so when it works. I just I just don't appreciate it as much as I do the. The, the down and dirty actual tattooing so right okay so yeah so that that's maybe that's maybe a good project for you to work on you know like do a like old school tattoo convention the way it should be done tattooers only like, you know, oh the, that would be that would be a dismal yeah. failure because people have <laughs> been people have been conditioned uh to expect what they're getting right. today what they're receiving today so i Trust me, I've tried many times in my career to uh, to swim upstream, uh, putting my own thought processes uh, ahead of others, and, and those are those are generally some of the, the the lessons learned. Let's just call it right. Okay. So, so I, I I've got to learn that I don't get to make the rules, and I I have to abide by the rules that are set forth, and and I have to work within other people's uh, expectations. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just the way it is. You know, what what I like it the old way. Yeah, are we ever going to see that again? I don't think so. Even if somebody like myself, or uh, maybe if I got together with uh, a couple of other old older fellas, uh, that and, and but these would have to be all people with massive audiences to make it successful. And in doing so, you're still kind of it's still marketing. Yeah, it's marketing and pushing more people through the door intentionally. And that just like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. I mean, the first guys that, okay. Gilmani with the uh, Ink Slingers Ball, that show was like amazingly successful because it took place on, uh, you know, Sunset Boulevard in, in Hollywood, California at the Palladium, uh, you know, Tourist Central, um, you know, and, and Gil had good working relationships with a number of, uh, of uh, celebrities back then. So uh, that was easy for him to market. And that show was always a party. That show was from the time you got there to the time you left uh, the parties at Tattoo Mania down the block. Um, it was just, it was just rip roaring good time uh, from, from beginning to end. That was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but the first guys that I think started to put together conventions and actually sort of build a small empire. Like, you know, actually was uh, uh, Dennis Dwyer and JD Crow. They had the tattoo tour uh, back in the day. Yeah. So I attended a number of those. And I wanna say those were the first, that I can remember, uh, the first conventions that probably brought about what you see today because there were seminars from you know, highly rated tattoos around the world. What is it, like late uh, 2000s or something? 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Actually, uh, late 90s to I think the late uh -oh. 90s. I don't even think it went into the 2000s. But I mean, right. like, so, you know, I mean, when I I went to those shows and uh, I did uh, Tattoo Machine, Coil Machine seminars with Scotty Sterling. Uh, that's why I went to uh, Guy Aitchison seminars and I first met him. Um, but I mean, like, that was the first that I can remember the first shows that I think brought to light what we see today uh, because there was, you know, a little more merchandising vendors there. There was the seminars. Um, yeah, I think those guys are probably the, the at least here in the US, the, the forefathers of the modern convention here. Uh, now, I'm not sure if that stemmed from things they experienced in Europe or other parts of the world, too, because I'd never been there uh, to those shows. Right. But but yeah, that's that that was kind of a transition to smoke filled uh, uh, gathering hall, not even in a, in a hotel convention like center or, uh, or a resort center, you know, right. uh, into small scale. Um, hotel conference room type stuff uh and i think uh jd crow and dennis Wire were the first ones to bring it into larger venues in multiple locations around the country you know that's, and that that's, was that's really great little thing they had going for a while there and i'm not sure why that stopped but uh you see this is something which for example i don't personally have a lot of records about of this you know um this tattoo i mean later on there have been other tattoo tours under different mm -hmm. names or by different people. Um, I wasn't exactly familiar with what you're just saying now. Okay. Yeah. Well, from, I, from the late 90s. So that's called to me. <laughs> I'm trying to make that, I'll try to make that connection for you too there. Um, you're going to have yeah. to remind me of these connections I'm promising you because I'm going to forget myself. I'm going to get off this computer and then I'm going to go do about, you know, my normal day's work and and I won't remember yeah. right away. So, so remind me that I, I think I told you I was going to try and get you in touch with the uh, uh, Dennis and JD, and then um, that'd be awesome. And the guys, one, one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do it's it's a kind of backward work. I'm trying to put into this database like the older tattoo conventions, you know, which have almost no, no data for because there's nothing on the internet, there's nothing on social media because they were not there yet. So, some you know, like old tattoo artists or collectors or whatever, they would have, you know, like maybe the posters or some information about that, but I don't know that or in the old magazines. You know, I don't know that it's really hard to find anything. Well, I mean, it's cool. You're archiving a fairly important part of our industry that nobody yeah, else has I mean, really that nobody else has really paid attention to. Like we have a lot of uh, archive archivists. I, you know, people that have museums and yeah. people that have in-depth knowledge about the tools or the flash or the uh, or the, uh, the 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 first tattooers and things like that. But like. I think you're the only guy out there who's trying to document <laughs> for conventions. I'm the only crazy conventions. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, well, uh, so, so far we listed over 1,400 different events. That's amazing. Yeah. So you know, like in different countries. But again, like I'm, I'm and I'm trying now to work backwards to put into the database the events from the early. We, we don't maybe with a description and. You know who started it and what happened and you know like who were the main characters playing at those conventions you know that that's the interesting part and then you will see a little bit of the evolution of the industry over, over time and the, the two conventional industry you know um 
there's a lot of people which, you know, like imagine you're a tattoo artist now, you're 20 years old, and, and you don't really have an idea of what happened before that, because again, like, there's nothing you can find on it, and there is nothing that you made in the early 20s or 30s, whatever, that can tell you, because they were, they were not there either, you know what I mean? So there would be a, a big chunk of our history, which it got lost, and I think that's a shame, mm-hmm. yeah, so... I'm trying to do my little part of the work to, to kind of preserve what happened before. Yeah, you know, and I'm just, I'm hoping my memory can stay sharp. I mean, I, like, I can only give you a little tiny glimpse of my experiences, but, uh, you know, I, I, I by no means any sort of, a, you know, an authority on the subject, but I can give you a glimpse into to my memories, the shows I've attended and stuff like that. But I, I, I get what you're saying. It's like, uh, I was lucky enough to meet a lot of old timers and get to know them, develop lifelong friendships. And uh, I love the history aspect of it, of, of just tattooing in general. And luckily I still remember a lot of that and I can try and document that. And I, I don't care to be a historian. I, I, I could never do what a lot of other people do, but like, I want to document what I know while I still can, you know, because it's a very honorable mission. I mean, we're losing more people. We're losing, we're losing history, you know, on a regular basis as each of these old timers passes, you know, and, 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 and every time I lose one of these old friends, I'm like, wow, you know, it's, I can't say it's unexpected because some of them are, you know, fairly old, but it's always unexpected. And I always think I have a few more conversations and a few more weekends and a few more visits and, and all that. And it's like, wow, I wish I, uh, and that doesn't happen. I wish I got to ask him about this or do this, you know, like, even though I have decades of experience with them, I like, it's never enough. It's just like with your friends, your family or anything else. So um, in recent times, that's, that's been my, one of my main missions and goals is to, to get, to get a little history recorded and then at some point somebody else may stumble across it and compile it utilize that to compile a bigger picture uh later on down the road you know it's because it's it's going away and it's going away fast it's going away fast i I agree the people that the people that lived the era of you know tattooing through the you know the 40s to the 70s they're they're leaving us rapidly, you know, and that's, that's, that is a, that is a part of time when tattooers were not as friendly, tattooers were not as open and sharing. So, and there wasn't the, internet. There, nobody had, nobody, every, you know, everybody didn't have a supercomputer in their pocket. Nothing was recorded. Nothing was documented. So to try and piece as much of that together while we still can, is important i think you know i mean because once it's gone it's gone you know people are gonna people are gonna have you and me rambling on video for eons you know it's gonna be uh, we're we're not events it's because there will be no mystery you know there's no mystery to what we do because we're just recording it you know but to the mystery comes in the stories that were lost or the the myths the rumors the stuff like that you know so that's where that is so like you know we're not going to get anything out of this we're going to be long dead and gone before 
anybody really appreciates anything we've done, but uh, <laughs> honestly, we're going to have a hard time understanding what we're exactly talking about. I mean, you know, yeah. like in terms of conventions, which happen, like, you know, my interest in conventions, which happened 30, 40, 50 years ago. Yeah, we're not, know. we're not documenting this for any sort of notoriety yeah. or fame or money. We're, we're, we think it's important and we want others to have knowledge of it down the road. Uh, will a lot of people want that knowledge? Probably not. You know, but I mean, there will be people that have the curiosity like you and I do, you know, there will be a certain segment of the tattoo industry down the road that's going to wish they had access to this. And with a little bit of searching, they hopefully can find it. And that's, you know, that's it. You know, we, we, we're, we're, we're going to continually make a few people happy long past the time we're gone. And that's kind of cool. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like it's, uh... yeah. You know, it's like, I, I, I like to mentor, I like to teach, I like to inform, I, I, I like doing all that, you know, and I, and I do most of it just uh, out of, uh, I won't say the goodness of my heart, but because I enjoy it, you know, I, I, and it's not really the goodness of my heart because I get pleasure out of it. So there's some sort of a selfish factor to that too. I enjoy it. I enjoy sharing. I enjoy passing things on. So, you know, maybe I am a little selfish and, and, and motivated by my own pleasures to do this too, I guess. But um, uh, the important part is oh, just yeah. that it's done, you know, that, that, that it's noted, sure. it's documented, move on and, you know, go make more history later on. But do you, do you usually give seminars as well? <clears throat> I have not up until recently. Uh, at oh. Gabe's event, I did do a presentation on tattoo needles. Uh, I called it, what's the point? And it is virtually everything that I know about tattoo needles, which is way more than anybody else possibly wants to know. Um, uh, that's interesting. It, so, it, it breaks down tattoo needles to the individual components, um, the, 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 the uses, the, the, um, the everything you can think of the pin size the taper size the right. the configurations um i i try and break it down to i want where, to watch it I, I, I didn't see this yet I guess. yeah it's uh <laughs> it's, was a lot i can learn about this uh, i think it's about an hour and a half of me just sort of rambling on about tattoo needles uh i'm putting together we're 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 tearing that presentation apart we are writing I think we're breaking it into a five or six part series. Um, so it was written documentation. I notated everything I wanted. Then I had a, uh, the presentation and, and obviously the two are somewhat different. We're going to compile that. We're going to break it into about a five or six part series and put that together um, and just put it out there. We just, just, I want tattooers to understand their tools, uh, why they can pick up one tattoo needle from one company and it works awesome for one project, but doesn't work well for a different project. And a different needle from a different company works completely polar opposite. Um, basically saying that they all work, but they have uh, each needle, each pin, each taper, uh, each one has different characteristics that are superior in some areas and totally inferior in other areas. So uh, it's, 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 again, it's nerdy stuff, mundane, boring, but there's a small group of people that are gonna be, you know, 
sitting up close, staring at their screen, yeah, trying to hear my every word. You know, yeah. there's those there's those people, and then and I and I want those people to get the knowledge they have. Everybody else is going to be like, ah, it's just a tattoo needle. I I can work with any needle. You give me any well, machine, any needle, and I can do a tattoo. You know, like. I'm never going to, I'm never going to educate or inform those people or, or, you know, or, or broaden their horizons. And, uh, you know, and they're probably never going to broaden any of my horizons, you know, they're just sort of stuck in their tunnel vision. And that's that, you know, and I'm stuck in my own tunnel vision. I know that I'm not claiming to be superior, but, uh, it's, uh, no, but I mean, it's knowledge know. I have, I honestly consider myself to be an expert in this field. Uh, for, for years we did market the company, as needle jig as being the tattoo needle experts. Um, so many people out there and so many brands out there have copied what I've done over the years, you know, uh, and not even smart enough to copy it identically, uh, copy it with their own iteration, which serves no purpose. <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're, you know, it's, it's a bad, it's a bad replica more often than not. So, um, but yeah, so I'm going to, I'm, I'm kind of taking a gamble here because I'm putting all my cards on the table. And virtually everything I know about tattoo needles will be documented and put out there for the masses, which includes my competitors. So that's where I'm taking the gamble. You know, I might be educating my competition. So I'm a little tiny bit nervous about that, but you know what? Fuck it. It's, 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 it's good information. And you know, it, it's, it's, it is what it is. It's your contribution to uh, <laughs> to industry. I mean, it, and look, it's that, that's that's a common problem, you know. Like when people think, you know, like I know something a lot of other people don't really know. Should I share it or not? Uh, on the other hand, like the moment you share it, it'll put you in a position where you know you are the authority in that field, yeah. you know. And 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 you know, smarter people will then come towards you anyhow. You know, you're the one which provides those information which only you have you know so i always see it as a good thing but that's my you know i'm like very transparent about everything i do you know and a lot of people tell me are you sharing too much you know this that you know but dude, what the fuck do i have to hide you know somebody else wants to do the same thing then be it you know what i mean yeah <laughs> i don't i don't fear yeah. the competition here's the thing right. my company is not as big as most companies out there uh uh, a lot of people think Needlejig is this massive, you know, company, and it and it's not. I I have a good name, I have a good reputation, uh, but that's it. My company is not that big. Um, there are suppliers out there that that do ten times revenue, you know, probably some out there that do twenty times my revenue, you know, and and do I look at them as competition? Yes. Am I fearful of them or do I feel the need to uh, catch them or beat them? No, I don't. I do what I do. And that's good enough for me. Uh, uh, I, I provide for many people that work for me and their families and I make a good living and I can sleep at night knowing that my products are solid and I don't need to stick my label on, you know, everything that comes down the pipe. Um, the products I produce are my creations. I physically make them. Um, I, and it's just that simple. I'm not going to find a, a skin cream out there that works and change the fragrance and stick my, my label on it. I'm not going to find uh, any other product out there that's already being made and stick my label on it. It just doesn't, 
it's fraudulent, if you ask me. I mean, I'm not, I, I, I shouldn't say that because I don't want to, like <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm judging these other people. That's their business model. And it works awesome for all kinds of businesses and all kinds of industries. And these are still my friends, but it's not me. If I haven't invented, created, developed a product, I don't want to put my name on it. You know, I mean, it's just, I, why would I want to do that? I, I, I'm creative enough to do my own stuff, you know? And so, yeah, to keep it that way. I mean, you know, it's, it's, this is what works for you and it works very well. So yeah. why would you change it? Well, like yeah. I said, I, I, I'm not trying to change the world. I'm not trying to, I don't need to live like a Rockefeller, you know, that's, that's, yeah. I make enough money not to bitch about the gas prices like a lot of other people these days. So uh, there's that. And that, 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 that leaves me happy inside. <laughs> I can feed my family and I'm not worried about the gas prices. And, and that's all I, that's all I really care about, you know? <laughs> that's a, that's a good, again, that's a good position to be in, you know, but it also puts you like a thing in, in a state of mind where, yeah, I mean, you're free to do, what you like to do best without being afraid of, you know, competition or other people which are going to copy your products or, you know. No, I give other people ideas all the time. Yeah. I have projects I'll never get to and I share them with other machine builders or, or, you know, just, just, I have more ideas than I have time and money. That's my problem. That's and, another I, thing. and, and, and if, if it's a good idea, I'm never going to get to it. And I know somebody else will do a fantastic job with it then why not you know why not share a little bit of knowledge and experience and and pass it on to somebody else and help somebody else be successful you know i i i, I plan on being rich not rich as in like you know stupid money but like you know I, I i already consider myself rich as far as friends and family and things like that go but i mean like i plan on having a reasonable chunk of money you know later in life and i don't want to Let's say, I, uh, let's dream for a minute here. Let's say I eventually own an island or something like that, right? Huh. If I, I could do that, I could be super greedy and I could make a shit ton of money and I can go buy an island. But the amount of people I would have had to burn and step on to get to that point, I'd be on that island alone. And that never makes sense to me. So no, now if I can maybe not afford the island alone, but I can help two or three or four other other individuals get to the point where they're relatively my financial equals. We'll go buy an island together, and that just sounds a whole lot more pleasant to me. It's a lot more fun than being stupid wealthy on an island alone. You know, I mean, I'd rather have I would have rather be on an island with five other people of moderate wealth that uh, whose company I enjoy. You know, I mean, that, that's Absolutely. how I see things. So I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm not greedy enough. I'll have to work on that. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, like, I think this is, a, this is a perspective which I think very few people could disagree with. I mean, who wants to be alone for the sake of being rich? How many more years do I have? How much money do I need? Really? Honestly, I mean, let's say I live to be a little over 100 hours. All right, so I got 50 more years. <laughs> Oh, you still have a long time to go. <laughs> right. Oh, I mean, but that's 50 more years. But I mean, like, like, you know, realistically, I don't necessarily need to develop rockets and fly into space like the other wealthy or whatever. Something's better. I don't need all that. I don't want all that. I just, I, I, I like nice things, 
but I don't need anything super excessive. So, you know, I'd rather give you an idea and watch you get there with me. That's all, you know, I just, and I've done it. Multiple. That's extremely valuable, you know, if you can add value to other people's lives with your experience and ideas. I mean, that's somebody. A lot of people don't understand that, that, that giving is one of life's biggest rewards. And, and, I know, I know, I know. And, and too busy focused on gathering and accumulating and, uh, you know. And, we're, we're being educated and being selfish, as you just say, like accumulating shit and yeah. just show off. You know, and I've gathered my share of crap. I, I, I own a lot of stuff and, and, and I've been lucky enough and worked hard enough to be able to do that. But it's never been the driving factor. I'm not trying to gather this stuff. I just happen to gather stuff as I'm going along. But you it's know? for your own pleasure, right? Is it not too, you know. Right, and, that, and that's really only in the last few years did I start to realize that I was working myself to death and that I needed to force myself to have some enjoyment. You know, so I would buy some things that brought me pleasure eventually, you know. Uh, uh, by, by a camper. So forced me to spend more time with the family and get away from the office uh, by a boat. So I could get out on the lake again with family and friends and not be working. Because my problem is if I'm not doing one of those other hobbies, I'm working. That's what I do. I, I would work from morning till night. And I, the same problem. And I don't want to even call it work because I love it. I, I can do it. I physically can work 12, 14 hours a day and not regret it. Occasionally, yes, I do need a day or two, you know, where I start to burn out or I got to just right, sort yeah. of chill and do nothing or, or get away. But it's enjoyable for me to work like that. It's just the way I'm wired. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, no, I know no, it's I not the norm. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, if, you know, if I'm not working, I may spend some time with my, yeah, my family, my kid or whatever. But I mean, it, it, I'd rather... You know, work on my ideas and all my plans and stuff like that, and yeah. you know, that's all I like to do. So, yeah. <laughs> and if I'm if I'm not working, I'm constantly reading or or, or learning about something of interest, or you know, I just I need I have this thirst for knowledge that just is relentless. It just doesn't stop. You know, I just uh, and I what can. Sign take, are you? Uh, what sign you? Leo. Yeah, Leo. Yeah. What day? What which which? 19th august 19th august 19th uh, i'm from july 17th which i'm a cancer but do you ask that isn't isn't that uh i never asked this in my life but i mean I can't oh now you're sharing it. my personal data online <laughs> what's your side no, come on i never I'm asked anybody I, I never ever you know i never ever ask anyone what kind of sign are you but i know there's so many things that relate to say so, well maybe we born on the same day Something are like you that. hitting on uh, me? What <laughs> sign are you? <laughs> hey, I do. Uh, I do just want to be aware that uh, we're now over the two-hour mark. All right. Um, and, uh, okay. You guys could. We could always catch up again in six months. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd talk to Alex anytime. I'm enjoying your company. But uh, <laughs> if, yeah, if you want to want to cut this off and wrap it up and then and, and 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 make seventeen videos out of it. Go ahead. <laughs> Or we can do like for each topic, like a cup, you know, like a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can make it work. Dissect but, uh, get, it. Let's, let's get a good solid close. Both of you guys, I like, this is great working with you guys that already know how to do this shit. Let's give it a good solid close and we'll give it a wrap. Go get a beer.
Okay. Remember to say like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> Thank you for watching, everyone. And um, okay, I've never seen this before, but remember to check out worldcoevents.com to find all the best tattoo conventions on the planet. And Thank you so much to Mark for being here today and sharing his wealth of knowledge about conventions, tattooing, and I would say life and business in general as well. So thank you guys, everyone. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Mark, it's been Mark, a real pleasure. You also have to say, uh, uh, find my products at needlejig.com because... Oh yeah. Well, Mark has to say it. <laughs> what shall we say? Well, oh, I... I uh, what, you want me to do the self-promotion here? All right, so guys, go to needlejig.com if you kind of, you know, dig with my vibe here and you, and you wanna, wanna be part of my world, man, just uh, check out the site, hit my uh, YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com slash needlejig tattoo supply. And uh, yeah, just uh, if you're digging it, join the team. Click on it. If you're digging it, click on it. Was that Perfect. good, Gabe? Is that, that good enough for you, Gabe? Usually you end with like a, some sort of disparaging remark to your uh, people who don't give a shit. Like, if you don't like it, who cares? Just go away. No, you don't usually do that. You did that. That was funny with the last one, though, with the... Uh, did you get anybody uh, asking you about the new subscribe or talking about the new subscribe video or... Nobody said anything to me yet. No, uh, I just... Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's got a ton of views. Like, nah, this, it's, uh, I mean, it's a private little... Kind of, or, you know, it's a No, I, I, think, uh, I think Fernando released it as a just a little short, too. So, oh, cool. Awesome. I don't, I don't know how many views it's got, but uh, I remember yeah, seeing sometimes it pop up like on the news feed. Yeah, it'll take a, it might could take a while. You know, it's uh, it, it might be worth um, like those little shorty, like, well, again, especially for the shorty things or for the TikToks, you could use that as TikTok fodder too, of you know, just short little snippets of you being, hey, I got a video of fucking, you know, uh, on world tattoo events with Alex. I fucking couldn't believe it. I thought he was a tattooer. No, maybe we'll leave that part out, but you know, um, I, mean, I can't tattoo you guys, but you won't be happy. That's it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's all good. <laughs> I've got some crap on me, man. I'm sure you'd yeah. be fine. All right, okay, yeah. cool. We'll do it next time. <laughs> Once you come to Vietnam, I'll leave you a little souvenir from Vietnam. <laughs> there we go. Well, let's, uh, yeah, let's definitely get those dates in the uh, in the calendar to make sure if uh, if it's possible that happens because. Um, yeah, yeah. It seems like obviously that would be a uh, fucking thing to do. Yeah, but well, you guys are super, super welcome. I mean, well, we'll know, have I'm to make the effort for sure. Uh, you know, if the world fucking wakes up anytime. Is that a, how close is that to fucking Hell City? May? Did you say May? Uh, well, yeah, I'm not sure the, about the dates for Hell City 2023. <laughs> you know, he may or may not be. I don't think, uh, I don't think he's released them yet, but let me see when. Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing is like, now again, you're in an entirely different country, but like, there's only a few shows out there you should try not to, like, you know, butt up against, but that might be uh, one it, of them. It's the 20th to the 22nd. So it would either be traditionally that. Oh, I will be at weekend. the beginning. I will be at the okay, beginning cool. of Perfect. the. Of like the, the plan is seven five to seven from no wrong so perfect yeah that should uh well that's one i'd like to go to not to work just to just to hang out yes. maybe shoot Enjoy. some videos have some fun oh man there's there is so much to uh to document here you know like it's it's uh, oh, especially yeah. yeah never been uh to yeah 
to this country. Well, I'll go. Uh, I'll be happy to work. Although I do have a very uh, enjoyable way of working, so I'm not like sweating. Uh, Alex, uh, <laughs> Vietnam. Uh, how widely is English spoken at all? No. Um, you can you can you know you can get by here with uh, with English. Like most people, it depends where you are. Like if you're like in a bigger city, Hanoi, Saigon, and uh, Da Nang, where I live, you will find some people at least in a tourist area which speak a little bit of in English. Uh, where I live, there is a huge expat community. So, you know, it's it's. I love it here because you know, like you, how do you say it? Um, yeah, it, it, there is a lot of English speakers here. So for me, it's easy. But you know, my wife is Vietnamese. So for anything else I need, my wife should jump in. Uh, right. I'll be honest. If I would be here by myself without a Vietnamese speaker, it would be very hard to do a lot of basic things, like even buying milk or a piece of bread or whatever. They just won't get it. And I'm trying to learn Vietnamese, but uh, they, don't, they never understand what I say. So that's a little bit frustrating. Um, but you, you can move around. I mean, I'm not going to say it's always easy, but when I'm alone, I try to move around. It's, yeah, I can get by. And almost everyone I know does. So, and the people here are, are super soft and super easygoing. You know, it's a very, very, very friendly people here. You know, so when I, I came here. a Vietnamese wife. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would be the other option. <laughs> <laughs> As I understand, you already have one. So, like, <laughs> it's um, my wife is going to be seriously disappointed to find out I'm replacing her, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she won't be disappointed. Who knows? <laughs> so, <laughs> go either way, you know. Yeah, well, we're not putting that in the uh, we're not putting that in the video there, Gabe. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. The video's ended uh, a right. couple minutes ago. That's that's the uh, off the records. Gets off the record. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure you will enjoy it here. For I mean, I, I personally love exotic places, so I'm in my element here. You know, uh, I was at a fascination for Asia my entire life. My grandma is half Indonesian, so you know, we always have these pictures and stuff like from Asia, nice. like in a. Back I in I'm probably going to end up with a second home somewhere at some point. Like uh, I have a cousin who's married to a, a Filipino woman right. and um, can't own land over there, but I could buy land over there through her and lease it from their family. And yeah. then who cares what happens to it when I die? Uh, we're like put a hundred year lease on it or whatever. And then who yep. cares later on uh, because they plan on building over there. And he's, uh, he's, a, he's, a, a, he's actually one of my cousins sons but right. um but i'm fairly close to him uh i've looked at belize a little bit uh just because it's mostly american speaking uh, yeah, english, Malaysia, yeah everybody speaks english everyone yeah right. so i mean uh but like like vietnam has popped up on the radar too a little bit but i i i, I don't awesome. want to go to a place i'm too old to learn another language i'm just not gonna do it i know me so I no, no, I know, but I mean, it could be good here to, you know, set up a base for, you know, production, distribution or whatever. I mean, the, it, it's a big country, huge potential. It's under a million people here and it, it's a booming economy under every perspective. I mean, it's the only country in the world, I think. There's two countries in the world which under the pandemic, they still had quite a growth in terms of GDP, GDP you know. So just because they're shifting from a... a you know, like fairly agricultural economy to a fully industrial economy right mm -hmm. now. Like this is China. China did this 20 years ago. Yeah, they're right. doing it right now. You know, so there's an entire generation of people which is experiencing what happened in China with the past generation again, 20 years ago. 
And so to be in the middle of it for me is like super exciting. I mean, that's what you're saying. The tattoo world's kind of, you know, 10 yeah. years, 15 years ago. So there's a, a real opportunity yeah. to. The wife, yeah, must have, just... the wife must have known I was talking about her. Oh, she... <laughs> she already texted you. <laughs> She's watching you. Uh, is there a camera in here <laughs> besides <laughs> that one? Why are on your computer or your phone? <laughs> I don't you know. You guys realize this is streaming out, right? <laughs> oh, well. <clears throat> no. Okay. Cool. Well, let's... Uh... Well, you guys uh, could connect via, uh, I don't know, Facebooks or some other yeah, we have, methods we have too, Facebook. if you want to. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. If, uh, yeah, if you, if you need any information, Mark, or you want to know anything, just, just let me know, you know, like, and I'm serious. If when I come over here, like, I'll, I'll, I'll take you around here. There's a lot to see and also for Indus at Wink, obviously, you know, outside, whatever you want to do. I mean, cool. No, I, I've always had an interest in, in, in Vietnam and, uh, and Indonesia and uh, even Malaysia and like I just I don't know why but I I've just always had an interest you, you in those once areas. You get here. Once you will get here, you'll understand why you have that kind of fascination. I mean, you know, for 